0: Was that the countdown? Is that the best I thing know. you could do, Jonathan? Did to ask for
1: a countdown? Was that it?
0: Unbelievable. Okay, Five, welcome to Platt Chat, episode four. eighty-four. Jonathan's giving me some some mega countdown because Jaws didn't even hear it. Jaws didn't even try. Is this the kind of level that you're bringing to this podcast, Jack? I didn't even hear. It. My brain shut off because we've been
2: talking about nonsense for about an hour. So like my
0: brain had we have been late to begin off. this one. We started talking about a vast three D shirt as well. Which is... It's just, I, a,
3: just a regular print, by the way. It, there's um, nothing... Cra- it just exists in the third dimension like the it? rest of our reality. That's about <laughs> Salmon
2: it. Salmon looks like it's 3D. It's, I it mean, is... it does
3: have a little bit... It, it's raised a bit, sure, I guess. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just 3D like the rest of us. Wow. It's a normal shirt.
0: I, I like to think of myself as a fourth dimensional being. Not, not in terms of... Uh, not in terms of, like, I, I am able to access hyperspace. But just because I I travel through time as well. And recently I found myself traveling backwards through time too. I went all the way back to the days of the cavemen. And I I realized that they are missing something that all of us have easy access to, you know. In my imagination, of Ast, In my imagination, right, obviously, you keep nodding like an absolute gormless man.
3: Listen, I'm just listening. I started you started saying your yourself, time and I'm like, what's where it's next year? Put yourself year?
0: in this headspace of asked. Take yourself back to the days of old. Ten thousand. Okay. Ten BC. There. Are you there? I'm there. there. Got it. <laughs> okay. I'm, there. I I'm really, really hungry. hungry. I don't really know what was happening in ten thousand B.C. You need. I can you, tell you. What, what's, what are some of your thoughts and feelings right now? Primal desires. Uh, cold. Cold. I'm,
3: I'm hungry. There's am There's. There's. You know, giant, giant creatures hunting me. Wait, 10,000 BC. We're not in the ice age anymore. 10,000 BC. So more like <laughs> I'm figuring out how to farm.
0: Right. I don't. Right. I don't
3: understand. This shit's hard.
0: Okay. Wouldn't you uh, love? Oh, I wish
3: I could talk to people. What, I know.
0: Wouldn't it be awesome if you could talk to people? If you could search things? If you could access some kind of hmm, internet connection? Wouldn't that be truly better than the wheel, to you, O oh primal one?
3: I'd say that would be a step up for me. That'd be a <laughs> step up, even.
0: Yeah, I think it would be. Um, and and thankfully, you at home, you are not a caveman. Although you may act like one at times, you are not a caveman. You have access. The T-Mobile's 5G network. And that's right, T-Mobile's are one that you can trust. They connect you to other cavemen so you can ug oog, oog zug zug across internet connections and connect with people like you. They want to be the best in the world at connecting people to their world, to your world. And with so much of our lives these days, and since the history of mankind, one could say, Happening through a wireless connection. Well, no, actually, no. <laughs> that, that doesn't work if we go back in time. But no, since, that,
3: just roll with it. I say since with the, the beginnings
0: <laughs> of wireless connections, yeah, a lot of our world has transitioned to that. And uh, that means nothing but the best will do. We rely on wireless to do almost everything in life, including this podcast. Um, so if you can't rely on your network, it can have big consequences. As I found out recently, when uh, my internet just completely went kaput uh, right before an Overwatch League broadcast, and everyone panicked ridiculously in production. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, with coverage and speed, with the T-Mobile's fastest and largest 5G network in America, why wouldn't you go with the best around? There we go. Absolutely fucking butchered that one. I don't know how Brendan did it on a regular basis. But whatever. I promise let's, we'll be better next time, T-Mobile. Please, it, it, It'll don't. get better. It'll get better. Listen, be. I like the
1: wireless Please. anecdote
3: there, because really, if you think about it, when people just talk to each other that is wireless communication. You know, they're not really you know unless wow. you unless you consider unless That's you consider true. unless you consider vocal cords wires in which case you need the cords to generate
0: something but That's that know. is that truly is fa- well yeah I mean oh. that is just a fantastic breakthrough in terms of how wow. I think about the world. We are wireless Holy. beings. We're not plugged in, we're running on chemical batteries. Um we got to start with some wild news uh that actually dropped like as our previous episode was airing uh which was the um the departure of jeff kaplan from blizzard uh because that shit is crazy and we missed it last week because i i don't know i guess blizzard just doesn't want us to talk about stuff on our show So why wouldn't they try and schedule that around plat chat that's what i'm asking why wouldn't they do that um bonkers
1: news holy shit Th- this was this out of nowhere really a bombshell just like released onto the masses on tuesday last week it was not quite that negative i'm just talking about like the actual you know impact the gravity of the news uh, yeah wow that's my comment for the week. That's, That's your comment, comment, just wow. Yes. Really wow. good input, Jonathan. We, <laughs> yes, yeah, incredible. We're, we're firing I on all cylinders
0: good. here today, aren't we? This is nothing but the best coming at you for episode 84. For two
1: hours. At this, at this point, all my energy is consumed trying to talk about fishes in Jaws tank and discussing gardening with
0: uh, Kurt and Avast. Um, yeah. what, so here was my question. How can you even have an opinion on this when you have no idea what why why he left? That was I was talking about it with my yeah. chat, because it happened while I was streaming. I was doing a I was doing a Valorant VOD review and all of the Valorant Timmies suddenly just turned into a Blizzard talk while we were just talking Overwatch <laughs> the entire time. They were like, what the fuck are you talking about? But this um a lot of people responding extremely negatively are like, oh, it's the end of times, the face of Overwatch has left Blizzard. And a lot of people just being like, "Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably just gonna operate exactly the same." I can't even, I can't even process a reaction to this because there's just no additional information.
1: Yeah, I I will say I will say that people were very negative about this news when it came out, and you know, there's been uh, a few folks leaving Blizzard Entertainment recently. Um, you know, over the past couple of years, a lot of the original members or, you know, who were back then, uh, back there when they did like Warcraft 2, II, Warcraft 3, like Starcraft 1, uh, World of Warcraft uh, Vanilla, like not classic now, but like the original World of Warcraft. You know, a lot of those original founding members, et cetera, you know, over the past few years, they've been leaving the company, started doing new adventures, et cetera. And so I think people are just, you know... They're being a bit doomsayer about uh, all of all of this, like, news coming out. And I think, you know, maybe in some roles, I understand that, like, you'd be like, hey, where's this guy leaving? You know, what's going on? But for Jeff, really, I don't feel... When, when this came out, obviously, I was, you know, caught off guard. You know, I was sad about it because I love Jeff. And, like, I'm sure we'll share some stories about Jeff. But at the same time, it's like when they write the headline and it's like... The dude who's been at the company for 19 years is leaving. I'm like, part of me is just like, you know, you've been here for 19 years now. Maybe, you know, maybe he just wants to, you know, get a fish aquarium or, you know, (laughs) grow some plants in a garden. Like, I don't know what Jeff wants to do, but it's like he's been there for 19 years. Like, at at some point, you have to sort of... Be like, okay, well, if he wanted to move on, obviously we do not know the intentions, we do not know the motivations, why he's leaving. But I could, you know, it doesn't have to be like a sad or evil reason as to why he's leaving. If he just wanted to be like, yo, I've been here for 19 years, I'm out. I'm like, okay, well, well deserved, Jeff, like you brought me a shit ton of awesome memories uh, in Blizzard games. Like I love World of Warcraft, you know, I got a career in Overwatch and I'm so grateful for that. And, like, he, he was part of, you know, building these communities. And so I'm just deeply grateful for that. But if he, after 19 years, God bless, you work a, you know, at a company for 19 years straight, you know, if he moves on, okay. You know, it doesn't have to be reading really into it to be like, oh, this is terrible. Everything's gone to shit. It's like, no, man. It, it, it'll be fine.
2: It's like half your working life, right? Yeah,
1: like that's 19
2: nuts. years. That's a, that's a long-ass time. That's, that's I just, longer than you've been alive. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Yeah. I turn 18 tomorrow. (laughs) It's going to be a great time. No, but I would be more concerned if it was someone that had been working on Overwatch at at that kind of position for maybe a year or two, you know? You'd be way more concerned. But maybe, like Johnny said, that he just kind of wants to move on and do his own thing. Plus, I think a lot of the... I think a lot of the negativity was around, I wouldn't say about the person replacing him more just like, Oh my God, is the game going to die? Is it going to, is it going to implode? Like what's going to happen with Overwatch 2? And I don't think anything will change. The guy that's replacing him, Aaron Keller had been under Jeff for like a long time. Mm -hmm. So for, for their like ideals, they probably don't line up exactly like no two persons, ideals on how to make a game or like how to push forward a game. Um is going to line up exactly, but they're going to be similar to the point where imagine, a yeah. lot of people probably won't notice the difference initially. Maybe, maybe there'll be a couple of bigger changes that uh, we don't expect, but it won't be as different as uh, if if Jeff was there, you know.
3: But like, I mean, I I tend to agree with everything, but I do feel like it's. For me, I'm not that worried about it at the end of the day because it's a major project that's going to be taken under, you know, they're going to finish it no matter what. And Aaron Keller, like we've talked about, has been with the company a long time, worked with Jeff for a long time. And I'm sure the foundation is already there. But I hope to God the foundation is there at this point for Overwatch (laughs) 2. But the, uh, the, so the point being more so that like, it is more concerning simply because there's a huge project on the horizon that sort of his baby that he's left in the middle of, And I understand why people be concerned, right? Like, I'm not gonna, I think people are being way overly negative without knowing the facts, right? It's like when Nate left uh, the League, it's like Nate had an amazing opportunity to move to Epic Games. Like, it's not like some sort of binary choice, like, oh, he doesn't like Overwatch League anymore and he doesn't want to finish the project. He just got an incredible opportunity come in front of him and he took it. Um, And so I don't think it's, it's it could be a very similar situation for Jeff, or like what Johnny was talking about, where you know maybe he just wanted to do something differently. But I understand where people come from, though, because it is not opportune timing for this to happen, and also with a big project being Overwatch Two on the horizon, and sort of how the development plan and the cycle of content has been put forth, right? Yeah, especially for someone that's been so in pretty much inextricably linked with overwatch and that being their project and that's like their claim to fame you know yeah so i do feel like it it would be kind of naive not to think there could not be negatives associated to this but it's also but well but also it would be kind of alarmist to be like oh the end is nigh right but i'm cautious about the news myself but i'm also since we don't know all the facts who knows could be any number of reasons
0: right yeah i mean the the theories of, like, I saw people posting on the Overwatch Reddit and on the competitive Overwatch Reddit as well, saying stuff like, oh, it's probably because they they want to add battle passes into the game and he doesn't want it, so he's decided to take a moral stand and leave. I'm like, "Where? how are you drawing these lines together? Like, where is this coming from? It just it feels so unlikely to me that there was some big some big argument with the team and he left like I, that wouldn't i don't know i don't buy it i don't think that would happen at this stage in the development they've already cooked up the whole the whole vision for the game has already been made it's already been done if they were going to have arguments about like jeff didn't want overwatch 2 to be a sequel or something like that then like that would have happened ages he ago wanted when the be, idea when was he wanted first to
2: be heroes of the storm 2
0: that's what he wanted it to <laughs> yeah, be yeah that's what he really wanted <laughs> and and i I suppose it's possible, but a lot of these ideas just feel like people projecting their um their fears onto this news rather than there being good reason to actually be concerned about it um if for example, more people left within the overwatch team or there was some article talking about the you know the top people within overwatch being worried about the direction of it or something like that well then now you're starting to have some basis for those concerns but it just feels like it, also the way that blizzcon line was set up with jeff essentially allowing aaron keller to lead the whole discussion around overwatch 2 i don't know whether you guys remember but aaron was the one that yeah, was like remember. really excited to talk about everything and jeff was just like oh what do you want to talk about next and then Aaron was the one like, oh, I'm really excited about Rome. And then he was walking through the whole of that map and stuff. That feels to me like he was doing the alley-oop early on, you know? You don't know when... Yeah. We don't know when this decision was made, but it doesn't... Again, I'm not really basing this on much, but it doesn't feel likely that Jeff just woke up one morning and he was like, fuck this shit, I'm out, and just decided to storm out the front door. It, it, there's, there's, a, there's a clear... Um, hierarchy process here that's going with the assistant game director getting promoted who was already put in a very like leading position in overwatch 2 and a forward-facing public position at the most recent showcase of overwatch 2 it just feels fairly natural and like there's not too much shit really going on
1: yeah and i i think the timing is actually you know probably the best if he, if his desire was to leave the company, now was probably the best time to do so in Overwatch 2's developmental
0: Is it stage. better now or when it's released?
1: Well, here's the thing. Here's how I see it, okay? If the alternative is, if he were to stay and ride it out and then leave after Overwatch 2 was released, he, in his position likely would have continued to making like the developer videos he would have continued to being like the face of overwatch in terms of like the development team and with the rising hype of overwatch 2 he would have been more and more outward facing and you know more and probably more and more people would recognize him to be you know i can't exact. i can't even remember what his exact role was was it like game director. he was like game, game director? director yeah yeah Game yeah. director right? um And so I think that at that stage, the hype would be so big about Overwatch 2 around its release, or maybe like even like a few months after, that I think the negative PR surrounding the news would have been a bigger hit to the franchise, in my opinion. Um... You know it, it depends on like his statement as well like if he were like well i've been thinking about this for a while and now Overwatch two is out and i can finally leave but it's like i think now it's like it's not the bottom of the hype because you know we're getting you were building towards overwatch two but now is the right time maybe for someone else to take up his role uh, to make sure that we don't associate overwatch two as much with jeff kaplan and him being outward facing um, and actually, we can look at Overwatch 2 as a new chapter and someone else taking that role without, you know, dealing with a massive, big PR thing if he leaves, you know, three months after Overwatch 2's release.
0: So, yeah. does that make Maybe. sense? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also, that is, um, it's better now than if Overwatch 2 is a critical failure. Like, if it's not enjoyed by the public and then Jeff was planning to leave anyway and then he's like, well, now if I leave, it just looks like I'm... Either getting fired or trying to, yeah, yeah, or trying to ditch the project. So maybe in that sense too, it's it's a bit safer to try and, uh, you know, set it up for the rest of the team to carry it. But I don't know, man. It's just to me, the only feeling I really got from this was it's sad that we've lost the face of Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. We all interacted
3: with Jeff in various ways. Like, granted, I never was, I never had the pleasure of having like a lot of. One-on-one conversations with Jeff, but like he would be in conversations around like areas, and like you could tell he was really passionate about the game. And even his farewell, you know, he talked about how he loved the game still, and how though to my ire, you know, he still was talking about how there's it's like I love R slash Overwatch and also R slash Overwatch because they're two very distinct separate ent- entities. Which I hate, hate that mentality, but you know, it's it's the truth with Overwatch. But, you know, he always was very passionate about the game. He was a leading figure with making sure that the game also felt like it was a very inclusive space. I mean, I remember when I was a player in season one, Pepe laugh, uh, how (laughs) they like they would have the uh, they would have the conferences about how players need to be acting, holding up their their standards and making sure we're building like an inclusive, safe environment. And Jeff himself would come to the to the arena and he did this for multiple seasons when the arena was still existing and give presentations to the players and talk about how much we need to build like a better community for our league and, things like, and all those things like that. On top of the fact that he was a very driving force for his passion behind Overwatch and interacting with the community and things like that. So it is a shame that he's gone and I don't feel like there was ever going to be a perfect time if he really wanted to leave, you know, or if he got another opportunity to where he wanted to leave, there was never going to be a good time for him to go, you know. There was yeah. never going to be a perfect time, right? There was always going to be some sort of shitstorm at some way. Oh, yeah, it yeah. just depends on like what ship he left on the way out. You know? Yeah, I
0: think people ship? also don't realize how big the Overwatch two team is. Like they've brought in a lot of people to be working on the game, and it's a lot of people each with their own tasks. It's not like Jeff is in charge of everything. He's he's the or he was the game director. He's overseeing the kind of the vision for it all, but. I don't think this is going to delay the release or anything like people might be fearing. Also, no, you could just play like, this video backwards and it would just be Jeff sadly getting up and leaving. Getting up and leaving. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> he leave still, in the end yeah. way? Anyway? Yeah, I think he does do that at the end, probably. Skip eight hours in. We don't have time to watch the entire video. Oh, wait, no, he just... Okay, he so he doesn't. doesn't. He just stays sat there. All right, cool. Anyway... Let's. Um, oh no, he does. Oh jeez. Oh there he, is. Oh, yes, there he it is. is. Bye, Jeff. Bye, Jeff. Bye, Jeff. Thank Bye-bye. you. We've enjoyed your time with us. Um. In the meantime, as well, the devs have hit us with an absolute fucking. I think that I think Jeff left after the experimental card patch got pushed to live. I think that's. I genuinely think that's why he's left. That that diva change that made it into live has ridiculous. Oh, it's. I mean, it's the it's the end times. It's the end. I've times. seen it a couple
2: of times already deep baby divas will uh lose mech and they will flank and they will sit on top of the ana player hit q and kill the ana. it's it's so stupid (laughs) it's ridiculous i've seen it twice in ranked already
0: all right so what what do you guys think of the these changes to BAP? i actually think they're pretty good yeah
3: they're not exactly what people want but it's better than nothing is my opinion like i don't see people people are gonna bitch either way is that that's just like the truth but like Still a BAP nerf, you know. Yeah. Still a BAP nerf, and most importantly, it's a immortality field nerf. And I feel like that's it's better than nothing. Obviously, you'd want yeah. more. But I still think a damage I'm, reduction I'm okay field
2: is better, personally, yeah. than like an yeah. actual immortal field. You know, like it's. It, it, although you'd have to change the name. I know, but like. Just call it a damage IMO reduction. Field. Field?
0: Doesn't mean anything anyway.
2: Yeah, MO field, exactly. Like yeah, just a re- reducing damage is infinitely better than making someone actually invincible.
3: It's, yeah, yeah, very true. But
2: very true. It's like you said. It's still enough. I still think it's pretty good. I know. I do notice the difference when I play Bap and uh, with immortality feel because people are so low when they come out. They might as well be on one HP. Like it's sure. especially like DPS and stuff. Like it, it, you might as well be on one HP. I mean, um, yeah, oh, I you're going to be on like 20 health. health. <laughs> it's, good. Yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. It really ridiculous. A light is breeze will knock melee. you down.
0: So, yeah, it's is good. is there any world in which this diva change is a good thing for the game? Someone pitch me on it.
3: No, is it fun? <laughs> is it fun? I mean, it can be fun. It's fun to, if you were the one doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd say.
3: It's fun. I when you see off tank players in their rank clips and they do it like they're having fun, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know if anyone else is having fun. Like no to me, it kind of just fun. like it's like if they hit the randomizer button on Overwatch and they just like threw in a random stat that got amplified, and this is the one. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense within the wider context of the game realistically because like calling Mech was never really part of like the whole point of like mech is kind of like you have mech and you don't like diva already gets a second life by getting demeched you don't need to make it stronger to get her mech back because that's already giving her a ridiculous buff right so all we've done is add a buff that's a gimmicky buff at that for really no reason
1: well, well i like the uh, developer text because it actually states that it's like hey this is so you know when you stall uh a diva a baby diva she can actually kind of like punish like my crease body blocking or whatever but like calling down the mech the but you is, know though, in most examples no one... <sighs> you wouldn't be able to capitalize on that anyway yeah because call... like, yeah. if she calls again. the mech
3: you're just gonna read D-mech her again like if you <laughs> call in the middle but, of the team yeah. they are just gonna D-mech her again I mean, you, would just, her, you, know? you
0: would just kill her you know, and all, cancel the mech right. you can like, just- yeah. You can so just like, cancel the with, like,
3: free and, uh, What?
0: You're going to
2: punish the Arna for being on top of you? That's the Ana's fault for being literally on top of the baby Diva. It's more often not the tanks that are body blocking because they have such a large hitbox. Oh, yeah. so they get damaged? Sweet. That means more ult
0: charge vouch your supports. You to know? me,
3: it's just a nonsensical change. It like someone make- hit the randomizer and it yeah. doesn't make any sense. All
0: right. Well, then yeah. what should the devs do to stop pilot Divas being staggered? Poor FRD. I keep looking at his face every time he gets taken out of I don't mech think- and staggered relentlessly. I don't think they need to change anything about that because I think that's kind of
2: a a skillful part about the game in a sense, in like being yeah, able to make sure that the, Baby Deva survives at the very end. It is oh. the, very punishing, but like chaining sleeps and stuff, and flashbangs and shield bashes, and so, yeah, okay, maybe maybe a stun cap would help, you know, diminishing returns or something. But I, I mean, know, you could right? always
3: you could always increase like if there because realistically there is no good solution to this without other than killbind. Killbind is the good solution yeah, here. Sure. But like the the only other solution is just increasing the rate at which you can either make David baby diva weaker, which is bad overall for when baby diva gets out of mech and wants to get into mech in the middle of a fight, or you can make her get mech faster, which is now a buff, but there is no perfect solution here. And that isn't like because the reality is we haven't desi- there's no system in place about spawns in this game and the whole staggering concept is very much a spawn situation and like dealing with spawn waves and getting a player that's getting caught like behind enemy lines and like there's no other player there's no other hero or spawn mechanic in this game that's like baby diva currently at all there is zero it would be like if hammond imagine if hammond got killed out of the mech and he just (laughs) scrambles around you know as a hamster like so that that could be fun maybe they could add more stagger mechanics i don't know but like the (laughs) point being is that there is no good solution for this because the system is not currently designed for a hero like this. So you're gonna have to pick something that's dumb and that's gonna be dumb in some way, or leave it alone. And this is the dumbest of the dumb solutions because it doesn't fix any of the problems. It doesn't fix any of the problems with Staggers because no, no support heroes fucking sticking just fucking sticking their face of Baby Diva's ass to go fucking get smashed by the mech. It's not gonna happen <laughs> ever. Like, so it, this it just is nonsensical to me. Should it's they- funny though funny what if they made I a bunny busters um, do way
0: more damage no
3: well i'd be but, I, but that's once again you're still giving Baby D of a buff right yeah. and yeah. she's earning mech faster if you mech if, are you saying that she's going to earn mech faster because she has more damage or is the damage not scale with the old like how would that scale with the I don't know. mech back Okay, so you're just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> yeah, I'm just throwing shit yeah. at the wall. <laughs> the wall. the <laughs> thing
0: is, like, the reason that you can stagger a Baby Diva is because she poses literally no threat whatsoever. Like, you're not gonna stagger a McCree, are you? Even if you, even if you could, because they they, they could kill you. <laughs> so, I
3: mean, team, Some teams in Overwatch League actually have been staggering other heroes. Even they, we've been seeing teams stagger like support bit, heroes yeah. if they find them, or even some DPS. But it's very rare compared to like Diva. It's very rare. You know, like you don't yeah. see it nearly as much. But that's the reality, right? Is like like you said, Josh, we either we have to make a reason for why staggering is somehow gonna be a downside, right? Or just admit that there is no fixing it. And yeah, this is like just the worst option, I think. I want to see option.
1: one stage. One stage in you know, Overwatch League with this change. Please. That's all I desire. And then you can get, a, get out of it. I mean, uh, it probably sure will happen. I, mean, I don't think it's going
3: to make a difference in the Overwatch League level at all. So no. I don't think it will matter, really. God, I just I want really...
1: to see who the clown is and actually dies by call and make, and then the team like captures somewhere a second point or something.
0: I don't see who yeah, it is. I, I really want that. We actually... Didn't we see a make kill, actually, this week or something? Yeah, we did. Yes, we, did. we did. Who was it? I don't
3: remember who did it. Anyone remember? I don't remember who did it. But we did, we definitely saw one in space fun. or something. It might have like, been space, actually. It might have been space. Yeah. But I, I can't. And that's what makes them did. so
2: funny, too, because it, you're so unlike, you know, like this makes yeah. it way more likely that you're going to kind of get some of these kills. Yeah, it's like getting a, kill it a 50 a sleep damage. It's like, yeah, it was the same as sleep. Yeah, it's like, wow, that's really weird. Like, he died. That's kind of funny. Haha, whatever. Yeah. But this is almost going to make it like it kills
1: most DPS. So. <laughs> All right, Dude, let's, let him,
3: like, it, it's just silly. It's just silly.
1: Let's move He's on, anyway. Just stun people for like two seconds or something. Is that too big, too good CC? Are you gonna, are you gonna like sit on the ledge yeah. and like stun people when they come to I mean, <laughs> I mean, sure, but that top still doesn't stun. solve no, the no, problem
3: no. of staggers, right? It's yeah. like, okay, I've stunned so people and I still die. I right? Well, no, because the thing is, like, they're gonna kill the baby diva before she remex for sure. And on top of that, like, if the whole team is staggering, you'll still be able to like get her, you know, All like, right. more than likely
0: yeah For sure. all uh, right let's uh, let's move on though is there anything else that was new that wasn't uh, just straight from the experimental card as uh, well because i think we've already I, talked i mean about these i stuff, don't think
3: there was anything new new but i like uh, honestly i like, I like the original changes, changes. Change. though i thought were questionable i thought the original cre- changes yes. i don't think you need to buff halt
1: i don't think you need to buff halt.
0: but uh, i'm well, smelling well, double shield next stage yeah, yeah i mean the biggest thing that i saw from this is just poor reinhardt to be honest I did. Yeah. It's. It really does feel like the development team want to keep Reinhardt out of the meta as much as possible. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Whenever... So strange. But but then um... I do think the rush metas will get boring. Like if if that was, I don't know. I feel like they have. Um, they they still have some cold sweat sometimes when they wake up thinking about the goats comp and they're <laughs> like fuck Ryan, fuck Ryan, get him out of the game, fuck him. Do we do we
1: feel the same way though? I get more cold sweats about the Risa Sigma than I get about. I, I mean, do,
2: yeah. Just because I hate playing, I hate playing double shield. It's so boring. It's, it's so, so boring, man. Like, it's just I you play, it. there, Bam Shield, and it's a support player too, bro. There's a there's a blank spot in my ranked history when double shield was a thing. I just didn't play support in that in that matter because the only thing you had to do was press left click on Moira, like, and it was uh, the most boring thing in the history of the world.
1: I might never call that I'm halting ever again cuz like it's so fucking boring. to play reset It's just yeah. a reason. I'm just like that's going to be your silent
3: halt, protest. Your pull, silent protest is to not communicate again. ever. You're going to take a vow of silence and
1: that's, that's going to show all like, you do. you run around as a horse, you drop shields yeah. and you say pull. That's all you do. <laughs> I'm pulling. I'm pulling. I don't don't mind pulling. Rush
3: by the way. I think like the problem with rush is not the concept of rush. The con- the problem with rush is may Yes. So it has nothing to do with like the act of playing rush, you know? It's just that generally with rush to be its most valuable, you need to have the May. And that's when you start getting like just true resident sleeper like gameplay in terms of rush. Because like if you had rush, for, like imagine 2016 rush when you have like Reaper Cree. That shit's fucking popping off. That's <laughs> fucking you that shit's popping off. Like four seven. like, yeah, yeah, it totally is. It's you think way that's, cooler. Like you think that's there's so more many fun interactions than- there. You think
2: that's Absolutely. more fun than May McCree? Because you have two DPS killing yes. people, like yes. because ab- two DPS yes. are actively shooting. People how is that? Low. How is that less May fun so than dull. building walls? Than Yet. building
3: walls to trap people but and then freezing people and then the May is unkillable because the May can ice. The May is just a secondary tank that can CC c- c- you. Reaper doesn't CC c- you. Like Reaper, you can CC. C- in fact. And then on top of that, McCree is the only CC on the field as a DPS player, and he's still very punishable because he, if he gets in a bad spot, you can just rush him. You can't really realistically rush the May nearly as easily because of wall and ice block, and that she can just 1v1 any tank, yeah. any tank without fail. Like, it is it is the May that is the problem with Rush. It has nothing to do with Rush itself. Sure, I would agree that only seeing one comp, still, even if it was Reaper or Cree, that would get boring over time, still, but it would be less boring because also you probably have more options to run because the problem is is that you limit the tank options you can play or even the DPS you can play into the rush because of May. Like, it's a lot harder to just like change up your rush comp a bit to change the or like change how you want to play because the May can just like hard freeze them if they try to do something different than just playing group together. Right. On top yeah, of that, yeah, it yeah. requires you to play BAP because. Of the fact that when you get Maywald and Rush or Maywald and Ulted, you need the field. You simply must have the field or else you will die. And it requires BAP. Well, then, if without May, you could play Ana. You could even try fucking. And you remember goddamn fucking Gamers Origin shit here where you played like <laughs> Lucio in Rush, right? And you just burst someone. But like you have to have Baptiste as well when May's on the field because of the fact that you need to have the immortality field when your tank gets caught. You know, it's. It is the May. I'm, I'm sensing like a lot of
0: pent up anger here
3: because I am pent up because it's the same issue. It's been, this issue has existed for like four years. Like it's the same I'm, problem, you know. With with
2: May, like I, I talked about this a little bit on my stream recently because yeah, I'm w- with you, Connor, 100. I I hate May as a hero. Like, and the one cool thing about Overwatch is uh, obviously the ultimate abilities. That's what you're building up to to win fights in this game, right? And I kind of compare compare May to uh Arisa in a way where you're not really going around go uh, like in a in like an overwatch league game for example if someone hits a big four-man shadow you're like oh my god big shadow like a big grab big self-destruct you're thinking these massive hard-hitting ults that you're like oh or even a flux like whoa he got like a four-man flux they all crash down and they all like lose a bunch of health and like Arissa and may it's like oh big bongo Put it around the corner and I'm left clicking behind shield. Ha <laughs> ha, pretty sick. There's no like immediate, very cool impact. Maze ult a little bit better because forms this beautiful little snow globe. You can also eat can it. That it is fun. Yeah,
3: it. you're gonna I, yeah, that's, I actually think But that's no,
2: cool. but my point is like the fun factor of like blizzard. Yeah. Like if I get shattered if I get like five man shattered, yeah, okay, it kind of blows, right? But you're like, damn, that Ryan hit a big shatter. That's kind of sick. If a May throws a blizzard at me, I'm like oh. Cool sweet man well you literally really, are awesome you're, you're, you're i got i got cc'd and uh yeah our reinhardt cc'd also because may held left click at the same time and insta froze him it's May. i have a fundamental problem with may as a hero in the way that she she's just not she's not indicative of fun She is
0: not a fun hero this is why jeff left
3: this is why potentially this is the reason <laughs> and also, i don't mind i don't mind May's actually i actually think you could make may interesting i don't even mind like some of her i just feel like you would just have to change the balance of her kit like just sure. make her more right like if you make her more right click oriented and you give her right click like bonuses against like you're doing damage on shields or something like that and you just like reduce the power of the freeze mechanics and of like the ice yeah. block mechanic no. you could make may a really cool real like imagine a may that has like a god tier right click and she still has the ice block and stuff and then the wall but the wall is like mega nerfed and her freeze is like way mega nerfed and then she just, just, just like a flanker she just like flanks and kills yeah. people you know <laughs> with right click and but then it requires you to hit That'd skill cool. shots with right click that would actually be kind of cool you know because you would have a hero that is like designed to take flanks and you have a, a skill shot projectile with the right click and there are some ways for her to like get out of that but they're very weak you know and you could definitely punish her if you catch her properly so I personally think May as a hero is maybe a little flawed with the CC component as her main kit, but you could change it to make it interesting. It's just her current form, too strong.
1: Too wow. strong,
3: yeah.
1: Aaron yeah. Keller, there you go. If you're an assistant, hit a ass up. Yeah. I,
3: I literally just sit there and think yes, of dumb shit all day, Aaron. Give me the <laughs> paycheck. I'm ready.
1: Yeah, well, my, 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 my story to it all <laughs> was, the you know, I enjoy, thank you, Jeff, for taking the time to have lunch with me in Irvine, and I could actually tell you about Flying Reaper. And I got to see it in the game, so thank you, Jeff. Oh
0: yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, cool. you actually did get so, to see uh, Flying Reaper. There you go. That was dumb Jeff's ideas. going talking away present. Dumb ideas, to
1: you. of ass, Flying Reaper. Flying I got to see Reaper. it in the game. Eyes in with legs. <laughs>
0: was in with legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah. legs. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on to talking about the Overwatch League. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors, because this episode is sponsored by Manscaped. This episode, because it's the final episode of the month, so. Do you got bush, huh? A vast?
3: I don't know if I'm supposed. To. I mean, I think every adult person does, realistically, in some capacity, until <laughs> yeah. they <Lake> trim. So, <laughs> yeah. Unless you have I mean, alopecia,
0: I guess. Sure. If you um, yeah. if you're vaccinated and you're looking to go out and, and have fun around town these days, like I'm, I'm itching to get out, I'm I'm, itching, I'm ready. Huh? I am ready Wait, to What go, are you ready for? To go out. To, to experience the 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 delights of austin that's what i'm saying oh, when right. i'm vaccinated but my tie in here jonathan to the sponsor is that specifically if you're if you're looking to go and uh you know mingle with people then you want to make sure that all of the all i uh, listen i know you i know you because i used to be you you don't look after yourself you really don't You're not like a Vast who always has his hair perfect, always smells really good, always has that perfect shave in locations you don't even know about. You need need to be more like a Vast and less like young me. And that's where Manscaped comes. Look at this shit. You got a bag, got a thing in Mm. here. Look at this. Look at that. Manscaped 3.0. You can use this. Mm. You're going to look so tidy down there. You are going to look so tidy. Yeah.
1: It's good I, stuff.
0: So you can uh, use code PLATCHAT to save 20% at manscaped.com. All right. Let's talk about the Overwatch. Buy it for link. a friend. There you go. You can buy it for a friend. You can buy it for a partner. For a you can buy it for whoever it you for like. Buy for all your friends. I'll tell you what, everyone. though. If I, got, if I got that from a partner, I, th- I, would, I, would, I would think it was very pointed You message. telling me something? Oh. You know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, not that that's a bad thing. Some people need a bit of a push to look after themselves, to be honest. Like Jaws.
3: Yeah, like Jaws. Oh, he's too okay. He's wrapped up in his fish stuff. He's lost yeah, his whole huh. life. You he's
0: butter lost.
2: a Mr. Avast up. He's sliding down a slide, and you just start throwing <laughs> in a dumpster. It's time
0: to okay. trim the seaweed, Jaws. We we had our first... Um, we had all 20 teams have finally debuted now that the week two is actually finished. Um, and there was a lot of... There was a lot of roles. There was a lot of um, yeah. one-sided matches but also just a lot of 3-0s that even though they were competitive, I don't feel like we got the best look at some of the teams that got destroyed. Because uh, yeah. it's, it's hard to tell when a team just loses which teams they would lose against and which they would win against if they just got kind of outclassed in their games. Where do you want to begin here? Do you have, do you have a favorite game of the week that you want to begin with?
1: Do we, um, do we want to on. do
3: by region, perhaps? Yeah, yeah well, let's, we're doing by let's region, start with yeah, North, we're doing. America
0: yeah. okay.
3: North America first. North
2: America?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we saw the London Spitfire for the first ever time. Oh, well, actually, if we want to start right at the beginning, we saw the Paris Eternal for the first ever time this week. So we should give them, you know, five minutes of airtime here. And and Paris, they do actually manage to take a win and a map off the Houston Outlaws. Um, How are you guys feeling about Paris compared to your expectations of them? Because I think everyone had them as like bottom three in the league with Vancouver and Valiant. I don't think there was anyone who put them higher than that in their power rankings, actually. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, I think I've been quietly impressed
1: by the Paris Eternal. Obviously, they came out in their match against the Vancouver Titans. And my God, they were poop. They were shite. Utterly shite on that Oasis map against the uh, Vancouver Titans. But yeah, then, you terrible. know, they got back into it. Valdez, it looked pretty good. Um, didn't we even see them play a Winston composition? That was pretty good as well why 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 do I feel like that I way? don't
3: remember them playing I mostly remember them playing Ryan Zaria or like Ryan Diva like the entire time yeah. honestly but they so. looked solid sure like, it, it looked like oh, they yeah. Have- yeah. oh yeah Gibral- Gibraltar that's right oh, they, yeah, played, Gibraltar, they played yeah. they played double bubble Gibraltar that's right but it was okay yeah.
1: you know like don you got to step up with your Winston. you know you got to work on that a little bit but it, overall it was okay like they they don't look like they're going to be the bottom of the League. I mean, they won't because they beat the Vancouver Titans. But, like, overall, they showed some potential. You know, Khan on the flex support, he showed that he's capable of playing some really good flex support in the league. Only God, we knew from last year when he was on Dallas Fuel that, like, he could actually compete with some of the hits cans in the league. So I, I liked overall what I saw from the Paris Eternal. You know, like, they're not going to be bottom feeders all
0: season. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not really convinced. The game, I'm not convinced. The game. <clears throat> okay, I mean, bottom feeders in terms of being literally the bottom, sure, they do actually look like they're better than Vancouver, and I think that there's, I think that there's periods of time where they could be better than um, London as well, but I don't have a good read on London at the moment.
1: I mean, but- it, it deserves mentioning, I think, that like going into the season, I thought it was going to be like, you know, maybe like two, three teams at the bottom, and then it'll be like a tear break, and most teams in North America will be competitive. But, as it stands now after two weeks, it feels like we almost have like two or three tier breaks in NA. And so Paris, Vancouver, London for right now is definitely like, you know, in the bottom there and then you get the next step up. So I don't mean that like they can compete with like even Boston. I don't know if they can compete with Boston Uprising, but, you
0: know, they showed me some some good things anyway. I, I think that this first game though was probably riddled with nerves for them because I thought this was kind of a shocking win. Um, I thought this was a pretty shocking performance from both teams, honestly. Um, yeah, but then when they played against Houston, I actually thought they brought some nice things to that game. Like They had a, the Havana the map that they ended up coming out with the win on they had some um, they, they played with a good understanding of how the rush comps work and where to fight and the execution in the fights was pretty decent too so I feel like they just needed to get that like first match out of their system
3: I, um, actually think Paris looks by their second match looks slightly better than Boston on their debut, but I don't believe that's going to hold true for the season. I just think currently they looked they looked better than a bit better than Boston on their first week out. Um, they looked still not great, but they did have good, I mean, only God, like we talked about, they have, they have bright spots on this roster. They have a great rookie with Khan, I think. Uh, Oni God is, uh, you know, been. We've seen him play well. Uh, I think Don has a lot of potential. On it, he's a young guy with good mechanics, and I think he has a lot of potential to be shaped up to be a better main tank. Um, the rest of the and then and honestly, on the second match, Sunas Tracer was. It was actually good. good.
0: Yeah, Sunas yeah. Tracer
1: was yeah. good.
3: Sunas Tracer is pretty good. Uh, the rest of the roster, I'm kind of not sold on, which is shocking because I I was actually a big Ellie uh supporter from his time of justice and he has not shown that his level of play I think currently um now with Paris Eternal at all and Neptuno I mean Neptuno's like a you know I I feel like we're still finding a, a footing there for Neptuno. Um so uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But I do find that like this roster actually looked better in the first week than Boston but I have a hard time believing Especially outside of Rush, too, that you touched on it, Johnny. I think this team could potentially be really bad in Rush or in non-Rush, I should say. Um, so I really, I really need to see this team do more. Generally. Yeah,
2: I think this team's going to be a little bit of a flash in the pan, especially since Rush and like obviously EU's kind of have always been this kind of ooga booga region, right, where they are good at kind of slambulance style Overwatch. Um, So with it, if the meta does end up changing to something else, especially if the patch, um, the new patch goes live, although I'm not sure how much that actually changed much. I don't think it will, but maybe more Orissa, Not entirely sure. Um, I think potential early season victories, they're going to be fairly easy for them to pull out, but later down the line, hard to tell. Uh, I have a big flash in the pan feeling um, for for the Paris Eternal right now. It's like, uh, we see this, I think... Correct if I'm wrong, but I feel like we see this a lot from like EU heavy EU rosters where they come out and they're like, whoa, they're they're actually pretty good." Like, damn, a lot of like standout moments, and then it's just kind of it kind of teeters
0: off just a little bit. Other well, teams I mean, start to the most the, grip to them. the the only comparison there that really makes sense is Paris Eternal from the year. 2019 when because oh, yeah. that that team sure. was. I mean, they looked like they had a bit of promise at the beginning, but then they just went negative in every... They went... I think they were like three and four. Was that the season where we sure. played seven games per stage? I think it might have been. Yeah, they never had a every positive stage. stage after like the first... They literally went three and four yeah. every single stage. They were just the most yeah. consistent but mediocre team in the entire yeah. league. Um, I have a
2: feeling it's going to be something like that. Um, again, yeah, but they're not going to be able to get three wins per stage,
0: up. are they? So it's going to end up being like, you know, they're a one and three or a... Or a zero and four, depending on their schedule, kind of team every stage. Sure. I think that's going to end up yeah. being demoralizing for these guys too. But yeah. uh, and
3: I think I think partially yeah. that's just because, especially for the Paris Eternal roster, they in twenty nineteen they had like a, uh, they had like an early read on the meta because they came from EU contenders and Overwatch League in general is like generally a bit behind the contenders meta if the metas are on different patches, like because Overwatch League finishes staggered compared to contenders, yeah. uh, more often than not, so. I think that was like the reason about Paris and I, I don't know I'm I think this team actually out of all the other like what I thought bottom tier rosters though this team has the most potential to break out of the box from what I've seen I think they have they have some players and that that have strong mechanics and we've seen some good things from them so who knows as the Z season goes on as it goes on they could break out of the box but currently it is looking pretty Fair, that they're definitely towards like the bottom four teams still you know like yeah you know, i, I also
0: uh, thinking back on this game i think the only reason they won this map as well is because ksf had a horrific map on may like he actually just yeah. dropped the ball frequently he was the first and it, it, i mean and face. that's just
3: because ksf had to come in because of dante going to the you know speaking of balls had to go to the hospital so well was that wasn't like, this game was, that
0: was the previous one right was it not this yeah. game? i
3: thought it was this game it was this yeah. memory
0: yeah, this oh, was you're the. Right. It was the Spitfire game? One,
3: yeah. Oh yeah, I it was the Spitfire entirely. game. Where yeah, my bad. Well, answers, still though,
1: I mean, I mean though. Houston were playing so much like
0: Symmetra, and I was like, uh, I'm not quite sure if I like this. Yeah, happy, you like Symmetra that? yeah. That happy Symmetra was rough. I think it's happy I think the overall game. strategy is really good though, especially for a team that likes to disengage. Like you're always going to be playing within the space of your sim and keeping the fights going for a long time, so you can just output shit tons of damage. I think yeah, but the sense. game plan I
1: feel like gets pretty easy like against it because essentially you just step on the gas and try to catch up with the Sigma or the Sim because you know they're always going to be backing up, so you just like rush into them. If you have a McCree, you can at least like you have the duality of either they'll like try to go in with the rolls or they're back out. But Symmetra is like so one dimensional, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You know, they're the yeah. best you know, Houston is the best team in the in the right now, so I'm not gonna you know, question their composition choices,
0: but yeah, but you are a little bit. But I am. <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> All right, who's the them. next team? Let's talk about London then. Cuz London are in the same kind of boat as Paris. They've got a full European team essentially and they've just kind of instead of picking up random pieces from Europe, they've picked up a whole roster from Europe and Yeah. I think the expectations were that they'd do a little bit better than Paris but not extraordinarily well. I was disappointed with their beginning this this week. Yeah. I thought that this oh, team yeah. would benefit from the coordination much more. Um but it, already at the beginning of this season, that does not seem to be as large a benefit as I thought it would end up being. They, they kind of got rinsed this, this oh, week. Yeah. yeah. It might bad. be a
2: case of, I think this, is, this happens a lot in contenders where there's one to two teams that are just big fish, small pond, where they're just kind of smacking everybody else around and they, they don't, I'm not saying they're not like trying their 100%, but they're not squeaky clean with it. Because they know they can just kind of smack people. And then they come into the league where you have to be super squeaky clean. Like you can't be with Manscaped. And you can... (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! What a...
3: Give them that one uh, for free. Yeah,
2: and then you just... You enter the league and you're like, oh, shit. Like, this is a whole new level of competition that we just haven't really faced before. Yeah, the pre-synergy buff is definitely there. But... It's not really going to carry you that far when you've been playing against mediocre kind of
0: competition.
3: And also, was the pre synergy buff there for London? Yeah, I didn't really see the pre synergy buff here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I saw it myself. Yeah, I didn't
0: see it at all. And that's it, confused me a little bit because I was watching, you know, the, the team British Hurricane play, you know, when I was doing my season prep. And then I watched them play, they played some tournament against some of the Owl teams, didn't they, as well? I can't remember which one it was. Experimental but I saw... card? I know Paris were in it. No, it was something before that. I thought they played something. No, maybe I'm wrong, man. Maybe I'm Didn't wrong. Didn't we see four remember. teams uh, it was, uh, in it some tournaments?
1: It was the Experimental. Series? Was yeah, Steel, was Steel
3: Series? Yeah, it was Steel Series.
0: Steel Series. Oh, was. Steel yeah, Series, right, yeah. And they
3: actually looked okay yeah, in Steel Series. Exactly. They, they did look good in Steel, Steel
0: series. series. And they actually looked pretty coordinated, too. I feel like they looked more coordinated then than they do now, weirdly. When. Oh, yeah. It was... When I was watching Huddy play, it felt like Huddy was underperforming pretty massively compared oh, to what yeah. I'd seen from him in it Contenders. He was not
1: good. I it, yeah. sorry, I'm I'm st- I'm I'm speaking over you now, Josh. I'm sorry, but like yeah. the tank line was so miserable, and it was hyped up to be like this big thing for the Spitfire, where the tank line was going to be like the best part. Massive disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, but I shit.
0: don't th- I don't know whether that's going to continue or whether that was just like them really choking when they got to the big stage. I think over the course of a season, we'll end up seeing Haddy and Malfig back to where, what they looked like during contenders, because Haddy looked like easily the best main tank of EU contenders, and instead he comes in and just looks exceptionally poor for the for his opening game, and the synergy with Shax was non-existent. I and I don't know whose fault that is, but Shax was just. Off doing his own shit constantly. Like in the game where they were playing against Houston, he was getting battered by KSF. Like you can't allow that to happen if you're Shaqs. You need to be playing smarter and not just trying to use your muscle yeah. instead of your brains to win the game.
1: Hmm. I mean, they were joking about it in the game as well. I mean, you you heard the comps and they were just like, holy yeah. shit, like KFSF's just like stomping on Shaqs. Because yeah. like it's what I, I you know like I said on the cast like I, I expected Lonald Spitfire to win that Gibraltar map because Shaxx would just outperform KSF on the tracer duel, but instead yeah. they just gave him like armor packs and shit, and he just like dumpster Shaxx, and I'm like, how is this allowed to happen? it's like yeah. unbelievable. So you know credit to KSF, you know he you know he had a, he had a great game on Gibraltar, but Shaxx should be the better tracer too, and Houston just like out out outplayed them,
0: yeah. outthought them. I uh, and they
3: also I think it was just a poor performance from all the parts, realistically. Like Kellex had an okay time. Uh I think Shaxx had moments here and there during the week. But like you said, the tank line, not very much synergy, not synergy between Hadi and Shaxx. Ripa had a tough time surviving uh at, at moments on BAP. And then Hybrid had to I I hybrid was like invisible on, on yeah. hit scan. Hybrid yeah, was like invisible. Um and so I, I think this roster, and the crazy part is, like we said, we've seen this roster perform decently preseason. So there should be something there. There should be some pre-existing synergy. It just looks really, it, does, it looks beyond, it looks like a combination of not only just synergy, but also talent currently. But there's no way that the talent is that low from a team that had so much success, even in a weaker region. It just shouldn't be possible. Yeah. Um, I don't so I think, I'm hoping this team will improve as time goes on. Uh, but I'm not, I'm really, really not big. Also, something we haven't talked about for either of these new teams, for some of these new teams, is that the ping factor. They are yeah, playing on yeah. somewhat higher pings, even, yeah. even though they're doing minimum latency well, for both Paris and London. Interestingly, is pings.
0: Uh, Yiska's doing an interview series for GG Recon, and one of the people he talked to was Commander X. And uh, mm-hmm. he asked him about the ping. He was like, hey, "What's what's the ping like? What's the situation? And CX said, when. When the league got in touch with him, they said, we're going to try and make it so it's 80, 90 ping max. We want it to be sub 100. And CX said the whole team was like, well, we don't think you're going to be able to do that, but if you want to try, then yeah, go for it. And the the situation has ended up with um, (laughs) the two people who have the lowest ping, according to CX, are him and Fisher, which (laughs) that's not who you want to be, the low ping people, because they're (laughs) the coaching staff. And then people range anywhere from... Uh, over a hundred, up to like Ripper. He said was on over a hundred and twenty uh, because he's oh, playing from fuck. Finland. And so That's unplayable, dude. And so it does end up being large. And I don't know but, whether yeah. I don't know whether the league mandates the pings to be equivalent or the like away team in that sense to play on like ninety. I don't know whether they say, all right, well your flex support has to be playing on a hundred and twenty ping because Ripper is that. I, that feels like too much fine-tuning for every match. They probably just have a default number that they throw into every game. So it may be that this system does not work out as well as they intended it to. Um, But like CX, Commander X said in the interview, that's what they signed up for. They knew that they were using this system and they knew that it wouldn't be perfect. So the players aren't mad about it. It's just, shit sucks. It's a fucking online year. Yeah, Yeah, so that is is a
3: factor we've ignored a little bit, is ping. Um, and also, London in particular, they looked abysmal, but they also had a way harder schedule, in my opinion, opening than like Paris. Because Paris got Glad, to play Titans, right? definitely. You know, yeah, yeah, they played, they yeah. played, they played Glads and um, what was the other one? Outlaws. Outlaws, yeah. While Paris had Titans and yeah. Outlaws, you know. So it, we do have like maybe some sort of like comparison bias a little bit in terms of like looking at them, but. Even still with the eye test, London looked a lot worse on individual levels than Paris did at times. In my personal opinion. Very
0: surprising. Um, the other team that debuted and did shittily. So we'll start with all of the bad news and we'll work up towards the good news was the Boston (laughs) uprising. Um, expectations were actually pretty high for Boston. I don't know where the fuck we rated them. I don't think we rated them that highly, but I had
3: them, I had them solidly like upper mid table, you know, like not top five, top six type of level, but they were in the mid. Like they looked like, I think this is the most tragic opening of them all. I expected London and Paris to not be that good. I expected Boston to perform better. I mean, this was the most tragic opening for me. But
0: let's let's talk about the teams they had to face, right? We're talking about them having to face the Gladiators in Dallas. They're expected, even if you're high on on D- Boston, they're expected to lose both of those games. You're not really yeah, expecting yeah. them to come in and and win. They they're supposed to have a zero and two week, which they Some did. Some people
3: did think they were going to win, though. Some people did think that that was the scrim Bucks, Supposedly, they thought they were yeah. going to win. I mean, I oh, went
0: well, for a good, wild good. I, I went for a wild punt on Boston just because I thought it'd be funny if they beat the Gladiators again, like they used yeah. to repeatedly when they were a trash team but i think most people would expect them to yeah. go zero and two but i think it was the manner in which they did right
1: yeah i expected a few maps at least they, they would win like i had them predicted to win for even a few days last week and then i changed it to gladiators when i saw gladiators stomp on spitfire But yeah, it it was just a mess. And I've been one of those people who's actually been very high on Boston Uprising. I mean, I've been saying here on this podcast that I was like, well, I see them as, you know, Avassi's Toronto Defiant. I think they're skilled players on this team. Um, Like a backline of Mionbong and Faith is really good. Uh, But I think everyone really just like kind of struggled here, I think. But I said it on the broadcast as well. Like, they're in a tough position now because soon is not with them, and he was supposed to be like their primary hitscan player, and he was supposed to be able to outduel some of these hitscan players in the Overwatch League. Well, these issues, yeah. he can't play with the team, so now you're forced to play with I'm um 37. And not the biggest fan of I'm um 37. You know, like it's a fun story, but I'd prefer to have soon in that role. So, unfortunate for Boston Uprising. And then as well, like they, they have Punk as like the sole uh, primary English speaking player on this team. And, you know, they picked up Bolsi. Is Bolsi going to play off tank moving forward? It just seems like this roster in us in a very bad spot early on in the season. Because all teams, they go through at least one rough patch usually in the season. Where it's like they have a few off games. Well, Boston Uprising, it seems like they've caught that bad patch very early on. Because they have some changes going on with the roster. That being said though, like, to me this is a skilled roster. They started off poorly. But over time, I think that they'll improve and become quite solid in the end. It just looks like they're a bit lost early on in the season.
2: I wasn't really impressed with Valentine, to be honest. Yes. Um, Yeah, I normally I'm normally high up on uh, bringing contenders DPS, but Valentine, man, he had a rough game. I remember this map specifically, uh, the clip of him uh, this might be it actually this is the clip right here he misses he his the health back. pack and he just dies there oh. <laughs> oh. was a mega health pack behind him and he just dies to Kepster. yeah well what a perfect time actually but, to uh, to get to that point in the video but yeah but think, he
0: he was invisible less
2: than invisible honestly
0: but i think also that this isn't a good meta for him to showcase his talents necessarily like the guys playing what, May and then Tracer
3: well, that, he played that's... Echo a lot too, and his Echo was rough. Oh well, His Echo yeah, was did, rough, yeah. and also May should be in his wheelhouse because he's the Flex DPS player. He's the Flex DPS. The real yeah. problem, if anything, with Mississippi Soon is they don't have a Tracer player, and they put Valentine on yep. Tracer a lot. And like Soon was supposed and to be the Tracer tell player. He's not a Tracer. Yeah, player. and now that, Valentine—that was the real problem with Valentine was that he had to play Tracer. But also, okay, I can get having a tragic Tracer. You wanted Soon to play Tracer. But Echo and May as the Flex DPS, as also people were telling me this guy was going to be Rookie of the Year on Flex DPS. Yeah, some Valentine. people were
0: extremely high I
3: was watching his Flex DPS. I was not seeing Rookie of the Year potential on Flex DPS yeah. currently, you know? And so that was rough. Uh, for me, I can get having, like, it's not good. You'd want your Flex DPS ideally to have a decent tracer still, but you can understand not having a good tracer, but not having your Flex DPS heroes look good. As someone touted as one of the best flex DPS, if not the best flex DPS coming out of Korean contenders, I don't even know where to begin with that one. You know, like where, like how do you, like where do you go from there? I still thought the I still thought the Youngbong Faith backline looked okay though. They didn't look great, but they looked. I think they they definitely looked like the shiny. Myeong parts
2: always going to be currently. the backbone yeah. of the team, and literally. I like Faith.
3: I think Faith actually had yeah. good moments too. Not perfect, but I think there's there's definitely still potential there though.
2: That's the bright spot for uh, Boston currently. The yeah. Supports.
0: Uh, do, how do you feel about Boston compared to the other teams that we talked about, about London, about Paris?
2: Better. I feel better. Not not like crazy better. I think seeing them against uh, different teams in the coming weeks, maybe, they, maybe Valentine gets mysteriously better. I don't know. But I still think their backline can almost carry them in some of these situations, especially when like double bubble and stuff.
1: I think they need a jolt of like energy or something. Like either also playing off tank and I don't know what that situation is like or signing a new DPS player uh to bring some life life into Go. the Go. Valentine I'm 37 DPS duo um yeah it's it's tough for Boston I I, I would maybe I mean we'll get to power rankings mm-hmm. later but I i would put them just slightly above uh Blono Spitfire and Pars Eternal but in my mind you know they should be competing with Atlanta Rain Toronto Defiant um Middle of the pack kind of teams in that region, but they just do we, they just didn't seem like they were able to.
2: Do we uh, know the call structure? I I'll probably just ask Punk after the after this, but yeah, I don't know. With him being the only English speaking, like uh, primarily English speaking. Uh, well, we know I'm thirty
3: seven speaks English, and I know yeah. also Myungbung has gotten decent comms at this point from last year, and Stand One is relatively good with English comms too because he's been on okay. a lot of mixed rosters. Yeah, oh, so yeah, they yeah, actually I'm have a America. decent amount of like. Potential English comms there um, for this team to work, but I don't think this team moving forward is going to be English comms. I think as soon as Gable she is available, like that's like going to be the roster. So yeah, in my personal yeah. opinion, I, I mean so. I rate
1: him highly. I think you know watching preseason vods, I, I did think highly of Gable she, and I sat in the Boston Uprising preview, I was like it's a matter of time before they sign Gable and they did, and I'm like
0: it's obvious yeah. to me. But, but I also don't play. think that he's an enormous upgrade over Punk, personally. Oh,
1: no, but it's like, you, you, you like change, you know? Like, if you're struggling and you get a change, sure. that's yeah, sort yeah. of a mental reason. You don't
3: think he's an enormous... Up- I mean, I can understand maybe like, like not, like, MVP of the league enormous, but you don't think that's a big gap? Evil sheeted punk, you're you're that's well, your not listen to opinion? you
1: anymore because you 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 guys were raving on this podcast about Hotman Toby being massive downgrades, on a we so. Yeah. Whoa,
3: whoa, 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 whoa! Now that's a little bit of revision. I said, well, okay, I'll give you hopper Fair, I'll give you hopper Toby, I'm the Toby simp, pal. True. I said that's Toby true. was still going to be perfectly
0: good. You're a Toby I
3: didn't I didn't rate him as highly as Astro. I and mean, you can't. I tell also me think with a that's a face
0: real that take. That be like, was
3: better than Astro in these matches. Yeah, you know? I mean,
0: yeah, the, but but I will. Say, I mean, <laughs> Popper had a fantastic series playing against the Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, sorry, playing against the Chengdu Hunters though. He yeah, was a, on what a crazy fire. Difference he was with ridiculous. The MYXL self to, it's to unbelievable. Filming. I don't. Yeah, know, I, I mean, what ridiculous. the fuck are they feeding him over in that T1 tower? It's uh, some unbelievable shit. Are anyway, we going
1: that way? Where are we going? Well, no, don't we still I don't want to finish to A-pack yet.
0: I wanna, we still have one more team that debuted this season. Uh, this week, sorry. And it's um, a team that did incredibly well. It's the Washington Justice. And I think that, I, I think it was Avast was saying that you had, you had some doubts about this team, about them I fulfilling did. their potential, right? And I, I'll yeah. say the same as well. I think I still have doubts over the course of the whole season, whether they're going to live up to their superstar kind of status that has been put upon them. Um, but they look damn good here. They looked, they looked good.
1: They did. Uh, they, they looked really good. Wait, are we talking about Dallas or Washington? I We're mean, in the game against looked good. Washington was looked justice. good in the
0: game against Dallas, I would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could. Let's, let's that, talk that about this the... game a bit. Uh, let's do a, do a bit of a deep dive into this game, because I know that Jonathan was – you said it was your match of the season so far, better than Houston Shock.
1: Yeah, well, not speaking of, you know, like, the excitement of the the community and, you know, like, you know, people going crazy about, uh, you know, the gameplay and story itself, but in terms of the gameplay and, like, how Fearless and Mag played Winston, personally, right, right. I really enjoyed seeing these teams, the way they approached Overwatch, because they just approached Overwatch different from the other teams. Sure. Like, yeah. none of that, like, Reinhardt, like, Slam Balance bullshit None of that, like, trying to, you know, int into the enemy backline, just, like, dive and go crazy about it. Just seeing how they tactically took positions on the map, like, that Gibraltar map, where they're, like, sneaking on the high ground. It takes, like, a minute, 15 seconds to, like, set up the first dive of the match. It's ridiculous. They take so long, but they are so thorough. They do everything so detail-oriented and so slow that it, there's beauty in that. Like, they just... it, it I mean, it's incredibly complex like i admire that as a main tank player the fact that these winston players average like one and a half minutes uh, alive per life or like two minutes per life that's absurd like they stay alive for so long the way they uh, navigate momentum in the fights engage disengage manage your cooldowns it's just crazy so yeah i loved watching this matchup because they just they're just on a different level and they think differently about over Think differently about overwatch i just loved watching this
0: match Incredible. Is, it a, is it a hot take to say that fearless has been the best main tank of overwatch league so far because i bloody Leffert, believe it he's unbelievable man i think, I think that's so a hot good take. He, he's been better than every main tank that he's come up against even in the games where he's ended up losing he's looked like a fucking freak and what are the candidates smurf I guess I mean,
3: well we're talking about the entirety of Overwatch League so you'd Gaga, have to have like Submano and Gaga also and Gaga as
0: well. Yeah. But I uh I, mean, I would say in
3: terms of like on-screen performance it's hard to to not put Feels at the top cuz he he's had the most direct impact. I mean he literally broke a record in this match.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, By the way, like, I went back and took a look at this game to uh, on the replay viewer cuz <clears throat> I I fell asleep watching it live cuz I I don't know why. I just I was watching it uh with Beth instead of doing a companion stream or anything, and I just fell asleep on the sofa. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll have to go back and rewatch this game. So I did it in the replay viewer. Fearless, in the first portion of this game, Mag was holding this Primal Rage up until the very, very end, and he got nothing done with his first Primal at all. So Fearless had used five Primal Rages to Mag's one useless Primal Rage. five primals to one at the first half of the map that is unbelievable like the pace that dallas were playing at in terms of stacking nanos onto him as quickly as possible and like that being their central plan and how decisive and like proactive dallas were uh was another was like next level it was actually fucking bananas i i was yeah it was just insane also though I feel like the backlines in this match, when I went back and reviewed it, did nothing. Like, this is two weak backlines going up against each other compared to the level of... I the, think Rappel okay. like, at least when he was playing the honor, like, his antis were very good. They had some They had some decent offensive anti-nades, but, I mean, specifically when I'm talking about them getting pressured by, uh, by the Tracers, crunch. by the Winstons, and they're forced to to act defensively and you know either hit asleep or reposition themselves really well or they're they're trying to find timings to get bashes and stuff fearless didn't get cc'd once in he had i wrote it down he had nine primal rages and he didn't get slept once he didn't get grabbed once and he doesn't i mean there's no emp for him to have to worry about either and that to me is just kind of wild and it's not like it's it's not like you would expect it every time, but for it to not happen once in a game where he gets 16 primal kills and nine primal rages. Yeah, how are is you not. Bonkers.
2: How are you not hitting sleeps on that? I mean, yeah, it's, sometimes it's a little bit difficult if they're like wilding out and they're just jumping around all over the place, but like.
0: He was just. He, I mean, you can either credit I mean, him for his movement because his movement and his timing was immense, but yeah. Bebe was also just. Wasting his sleeps, and then sometimes... oh, well not all the time, but occasionally he was wasting his sleeps. And sometimes he was just missing them. And just, he would get into a situation where he's trying to fire the sleep as he's, like, already getting juggled by Fearless because he didn't anticipate yeah. him coming towards him. And it just ends up with, yeah, baby, essentially just being farmed in this game. But it made... It it just made an incredible main tank performance look even more incredible because the back lines couldn't do anything to stop it. Yeah.
3: I um was uh, I I mean I pretty much that just that that pretty much goes towards my point, anyways, of like I thought Bebe and Closer were gonna be kinda meh. They do look kind of meh still. I think they, they look fine, but it's hard not to look fine when your DPS line and tank line is giving you. Infinite like space and like kill potential, you know. Like as long as you're at least a mid table support, you're kind of hard. You're gonna look really good in that sort of environment, you know. That's just kind of how because you have so much space. Um, so I'm I still need to see more from Bitman closer. I agree with Jaws actually in that repel looked fine on the Ana, which made it even weirder that Dallas continues to build rotational inertia by cycling yeah. their back lines every fucking map for seemingly no reason and have Fielder now play Ana. Instead of BAP, when Fielder playing BAP, have Fielder play Lucio? For Christ's sake! I don't know what the f- I, I like. I, I'm the I, I don't know special. what's going on with the Dallas backline, but yeah. so it feels
1: weird.
3: wild. It feels wild what's happening with them and and their their backline. I don't. I, I just I want to see something because it doesn't make any sense. It just simply doesn't make any sense. It's another thing that doesn't make any sense. Um, but overall, I have to admit, Justice looked. I mean, the amount of talent they had seemed also. I thought it was strange they didn't play Decay as as often as I thought they would. Yeah, Uh, so they they didn't play decay very often at all. First
0: map they ran Assassin Jerry, so uh, and I assume that that's because on one of the stages they want to run Assassin on Sombra as well because they had a Sombra Reaper comp that they wanted to run on Ilios right against Dallas um, because they wanted to run like the Lucio Moira. Um, But he
3: ended up just playing McCree most of the time. A lot of when he was in, anyways, when Jerry was in. Um, yeah, He played a lot of McCree, even when they were playing Jerry Assassin and he was just playing Cree. But I actually didn't find it that strange because personally, I found it strange in the context of not playing Decay. But I actually thought I was one of the people that like, when people saw the Jerry pickup, it was weird. But Jerry was another player where I feel like it has a lot of potential. He just needs yeah, yeah. to turn his brain on, you know? Like as soon as they mold his brain into the same shape as his like hands and the ability to click... He's going to be a really good player. You know, that, like,
0: the most efficient shape for a brain is not the same as your hands. Well,
3: I mean, technically, if you if you put your hands like this, it's kind of like a brain.
0: That's like a brain. It's kind of like a All brain. All of the you know, wrinkles. The size of that decides to your brain? I like, mean, maybe, yeah, but there's so, I mean,
3: And then, in fact, if anything, there'd be more ridges, right? There'd be a lot of ridges, because <laughs> the fingers... This is a this is this is vast stuff, brain,
0: right? and this is when it's working. It's like, whoo <laughs> <laughs> Opens up. So,
3: I, I, I mean, I actually didn't find it that wild for, like, the start of the season, but... It was just odd because like it wasn't the optimal lineup necessarily because you would expect Decay to just like come out and hyper pound on McCree too. Um but yeah. I, I was impressed with Justice. I think they're I actually I know Justice fan just God, I got heckled by Philly fans. I got heckled by Justice fans. I've been heckled by a lot of fans already because I didn't automatically rate them as the best. And I'm gonna say it like fusion fans, okay, you win. You win. Okay. <laughs> Justice fans, you don't win yet. I'm not caving yet on you guys. I won't because I still think there's like lots of weaknesses to be exploited with this team.
1: Yeah, they looked a bit janky.
3: I mean, they they, they sure. kind of just fucking trolled versus Titans in their second match. They kind of just straight trolled. So yeah, I mean,
1: it, it, right. I mean, them playing on rush composition. Do we want to move on to that? Yeah, talk let's about talk about that, that, as that well, game as Go. well. Yeah, because I mean, th- their rush was not. I was surprised that Dallas didn't try to force Reinhardt comps on Eichenwalde more. But I suppose they were scared of like Assassin or someone like flexing over to some Chengdu-like composition where they play like Afar and Doom or like, I don't know, uh, those kind of like, you know, heroes. Um, Because Assassin's Doomfist, holy shit, when he played Doomfist against the Vancouver Titans, oh my god, it was one of like spectacular performances. His, his Doomfist was so enjoyable to watch. Like, I just want to see more of it. Like, I want it now. I'm addicted to Assassin's Doomfist. Incredible. Uh, So that was really impressive. Specifically, well, not here, actually. Both Gardens and Control Center. Like, it was just, holy shit, Kurt, you're a god. How do you find this? Well, he died. <laughs> well, he died. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, holy shit, Assassin's Doomfist was really good. So, um, yeah, I mean, we knew uh, Assassin was going to be really good. But in general, when Washington Justice started playing Reinhardt Compositions... There were some worries. I didn't enjoy how Vancouver Titans actually looked decent on Rush uh, against Washington Justice on Temple of Anubis. That was worrying to me. And then Looking also... Looking decent
3: on Rush, though. That's like the one thing Titans have going for them is that they look okay on Rush.
1: Yeah, Tiro's May is pretty good. Yeah. Like, May good. But they were like in it for so long. And I was like, if I'm a Justice fan, I just want them to put
0: this team away. And they Don't just me- couldn't do it on Anubis. Can we take a look at the highlights from Anubis? Actually, the the opening. Oh, yeah. Let's let's watch Assassin a little bit here uh, on the Doom. But the Kurt, if you're able to find that um, Anubis opening, though, I remember there was some ridiculous mistake from Washington that just gave Vancouver a really easy cap. But I can't remember what it was. Was it Mag? Just, well, like, I mean, they were, they were
3: they uh, were. I remember on first at least they had a absolutely heinous c9 at times i believe they just didn't touch when they were contesting they were there to contest and they just they were coming back from spawn they had set up for the recontest and they just didn't touch if i remember that properly i think that was the map there was all and then also i remember the rest of the series fire just kind of fucking dookied on them when they made the crossing on the second so um that happened a lot but I, i don't know i think but i don't i actually don't totally hold it against justice i think i honestly think they're kind of trolling like no joke i think they weren't taking it super seriously uh, at times, when I watched them play, um, but it still wasn't good because, like, if you're gonna dig around and lose maps to what people can say could say potentially could be the worst team in the league, like obviously I'm not saying Titans are, they could potentially be. It's just not a good look, you know? Yeah, it's not a good look.
0: Yeah, it was the next half actually, Kurt. I think it was. I think it was the Washington Justice when they were defending that I was interested in. But yeah, I, I think Washington though, look like a strong team. I, I think that yeah. their performance against Dallas. Uh, and their overall way in which they were playing they also demonstrated a bunch of different comps that they looked pretty decent at like they they're one of the first teams to try and go back to playing uh somber reaper winston lucio uh winston lucio winston diva moira lucio like the the just we are going to int kind of front to back dive um And that, I think, can be really effective in this meta. And I'm not exactly sure why more teams haven't tried that. Um, Just turning up the pace massively against your opponent when they're trying to play these slower double bubble kind of comps could be really effective. Or, Or even against the ball compositions as well that are trying to play like poke. I think those comps could work really well too. I know that Christopher in an interview was talking about how he was impressed with one of the teams in NA that was playing Moira Lucio. I assume it was the Justice when they were playing against them at this point because we haven't really seen anybody else uh, run that. Yeah, I
2: do not like the Moira comp, to be honest. It's like, I think BAP is at the point where like he is just too strong not to play. And a lot of the time, we just kind of see it get run over. It's very easy to kind of force a Moira fade, especially when you're playing against, like, Kree and, oh, um, like, even a May, for example. You just, like, freeze her just a little bit. And Moira's, like, so far up, too, that she's almost perpetually in danger of getting stunned or getting frozen or getting, you know, too much damage and, like, forcing the fade. Uh, I personally, I just think Bab is too strong not to play currently. With the, with this the, the fight, card by card? the way.
3: This is the fight. This yeah. is definitely the fight. Oh, yeah. Well, Mag, Mag because just, they just charged into the Mega room. everywhere. By Mag. the way, they papijed, they threw the mail, and then... Oh, yeah, and they, they didn't they, do they, anything they, here. And then, and they and then they're just like... They, they group up, and they just like, screw it. And that was after their tank's fed, and they wasted the mail. So, yeah, it yeah. wasn't a C9. Yeah. It was that.
0: That's yeah, I mean, about. that, is a, that yeah. is a throw and a half from Washington. I guess we'll see whether those kind of things become more prevalent throughout the season for them. Because... I could definitely see that happening. They have still some really inexperienced players on their team. We're talking a- assassin, mag, rookies, a closer and baby backline that we're mag not too confident about. Uh, like and
2: he, I think he's only going to get better. He is ridiculous.
0: I think he will for sure. But I think that with rookie players, you can often get these like mistakes that creep into their game. They're like great players, but they still lose team fights for their team because they're just not as consistent they take risks that end up getting punished a bit more um yeah i mean jerry isn't the most experienced player in the world either so you've got a a a backline that you're not that thrilled about you've got a main tank that might end up making some errors even though he's a great player and then you have a a pretty inexperienced dps duo when you don't have decay in so i could see them making some like game losing mistakes at times that look very weird compared to their normal play i think that's pretty reasonable that they could do that all season
1: there are um a lot of players on this team that, you know, has to take their game to another level. And it's rare to, if you have, like, four or five players that all need to take, you know, one step up, sometimes it doesn't pan out for all of those people. You know? Like, Assassin, you know, fantastic talent, but like, now he's in the Overwatch League. Mag, as we said, like, phenomenal potential with this guy, but like, now he has to step up. You have backline of Closer and Bebe that, like, they don't need to prove themselves, but you know, they need to prove that they can be elite with this team and actually, like, fight for trophies and stuff like that, right? So, you know, it's rare that all of that comes together and all of them, like, in unison just improves. So I feel like one or two of these players might not make the cut next year, um, just based on statistics and likelihood. Um, Funny side stat, though. Mag is ranked uh, 15th in the updated IBM Watson player rankings, which is the highest for non-Houston, Philly, or Chengdu players. Because oh, those wow. three teams are like the top, you know... Oh, like you mean 4-0, overall? 4-0, I thought 3-1. you meant in
0: terms of tanks, yeah. and I was like, no. that's actually really low. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, because, there's all, because all the top
1: 14 players, they're just like Philly, Chengdu, and Houston, because they're 4-0, 4-0, and 3-1, right. right? So they're all, you know, they're up there. Washington Justice, they're 2-0. And Mag is the first player to show up from all the two right, and right. two and zero, two and one, two and two teams, Uh you no, know, which which is interesting because I think you'd put, you know, we, we would have expected like maybe like Fury to pop up there or I mean Fury DK did play whoever,
0: fantastically but... too. <clears throat> no, Fury's... I'm just
1: saying like Mag being the rookie yeah. and still being the number one player there in the, in the entire league apart from those three teams is interesting. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The stats back it up. His win <laughs> was good. Let's uh um, this is updated for today. It updated like two hours ago from Right, before. right.
0: I still feel like it doesn't have enough data. I mean it's so strongly oh, yeah, correlated. It's so strongly correlated to just map wins at the moment. It won't
3: be it won't be like at a point until it's like halfway through the season, probably. I, of course. I'm,
0: I'm hoping that by the time we get to the end of the main melee, it'll be good info. Yeah, because look, look at the interesting.
2: Yeah, look at the position changes of a lot of those players. It's like plus eighteen but a, yeah. a piggy plus 19 mano plus 19, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I think, yeah, as time goes on, it's going to be crazy. So it wasn't nice in top.
3: Yeah. It was uh, like it the was top like five or, or something
2: ridiculous yeah. before.
3: Yeah. Where is he now? Is he there? He's he gone is. down a bit. I mean, he's still pretty high considering the, <laughs> considering like everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, oh. he's above fury right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's talk about the rest of the NA teams. Not all of them, but um, picking out uh, an interesting one here. The Los Angeles Gladiators went zero and two in Week One, and then they have a two and zero week this time around. But they're playing against much worse competition. In terms of the eye test, do you feel better about the Los Angeles Gladiators now that they're actually two and two going into the main melee? Or I mean, we don't even know whether they're going to qualify. Actually, at two and two, it still yeah. Uh,
1: I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on this. Uh, I'm on a podcast, so this is very bad timing. But I'm pretty sure they're out. Oh, really? Well, because I thought, it just, I thought a couple of map results, Fuel.
3: right? Uh, that's what it is. Yeah, the tiebreaker with Fuel. Because Fuel had to get 3-0 for them to like make it in, I believe. And they had to get 3-0 for their, versus their match against... Uh, who did they play? 3-0, it was like... Uh, Justice, blah, blah, blah,
0: their third match.
3: No, 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 not Justice, not Justice. Their other match, uh, Uprising, awesome. that's who it was. Yeah, they right. had to get a three-overs Uprising to get themselves in, and it doesn't necessarily, doesn't guarantee them, but I believe there is like some magic you're talking about, Johnny, right? Where like a head-to-head or a map differential is right. going to eliminate okay. flags, yeah. potentially.
0: So, exactly. So even if the, it doesn't really matter whether the Gladiators make it into the main melee, except that it'll give us less data to even go on. So this first quarter of the, imagine that they don't. They don't make the main melee. This is the only data you have, these four matches, to tell where they're at for the first quarter of the season. What's your cliff notes for the Gladiators at this point? Because I'm finding it very hard to place this team properly.
3: Mid-table-ish right now, honestly. Ooh. I did, I do think they looked okay. Because the thing is is that, sure, they had a really easy second week. Be playing... It shouldn't have been that easy of a second week, honestly. But they played... Um, uh, you know, uprising and a Spitfire. Spitfire, okay, free like kind of a free win at this time, honestly, with how we're seeing Spitfire perform for them, it should be and it was. Boston should not have been a free win, in my opinion. It should have been, especially with how Gladiators performed in Week One. It should have been a little bit closer. I thought it was going to be a bit closer than it turned out being, and uh, they kind of just dominated them. And I don't know if that was just also because Boston looked so bad currently, but in my opinion, they looked. I think Gladiators looked a little bit. Better, you know, they did look a little bit better, but it's hard to differentiate that when you because of how poorly both the teams they played uh, performed, you know, like how they performed in their matches.
1: Um, still not. I mean, the cliff notes. If you wanted the cliff notes, this would obviously be the team that started off started off very poorly, but then actually like got their stuff together, almost like nerves. It was crazy, but like it, it it just they just improved so much over the course of one week, and that's. You know, it wasn't practice-related. That was not individually skilled-related. Oh, they Most started playing that, like, Bird the Ring. That's
3: the, that's the thing for me. They started playing Bird Ring all the time. I think that is, like, the number one thing Gladiators must do to keep their top position. Do not take Bird Ring out, ever. Bird Ring must be in. They, they they played a lot of, like, Mirror and a lot of Kevster in their first matches, and not a lot of Bird Ring. I think Bird Ring needs to be in full-time, all the time. They also started playing a lot of more Moth, and they subbed him out less for Skewed. Yeah. And to me, that's the whole purpose of picking up Moth, right? Is like it's not just about Moth's actual mechanics, is that Moth has always been known as a very strong leader and like a very strong person to push a team forward. So you need to have Moth in to get the most value out of him, you know? Because otherwise, yeah. it's like me buying a car and never driving it. It's like it's gonna sit in my driveway all the time. It's like, what's the point of why do you have a car? Like, and that's moth. Like, you need to bit you get moth to use him, not to just like put him on the bench. He's not gonna do right. anything, you know? Um, so I think that. They're they've made some positive roster moves actually as well, which is part of the reason they looked a bit better.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I don't understand really why they're trying. I I don't agree. I understand why they're doing it, but I don't agree with the decision to run mirror pretty much ever. To be honest, because I think that outside of outside of maybe the um, the the doom fist or the faro if you have some kind of specialty pick, and even so, those are going to be on control where he can't actually play them. Full time, probably running Birdring and Kevster is going to be better when it comes to DPS. If you're talking about Mirror playing the Echo, I would rather see Kevster play it and try and, you know, keep that going over the course of the whole season. If you're talking about Mirror coming in to play the Zarya over Space, I again don't think that that makes sense. Space in the interview after one of these games got asked why Mirror was being rotated in, and he, he was talking about the fact that Mirror, um, <laughs> like takes control of the team when he plays Zarya and like directs the team from that Zarya position in the double bubble. I don't think that that... I think that if that's... If that's your solution, then you need to address more core problems. I Well, what's the best way of putting this? I feel like it, if, if you're... It feels like such a stopgap solution To just put him in on the Zarya because he has more experience in that role. And I think changing up a team dynamic like that, changing the way that the entire team functions is not going to be beneficial for you in the long term. If Mira adds something positive in that role, then that's something that someone else on the team probably needs to learn from and pick up. And and additionally, with the Zarya play too, I don't think that you can survive a season rotating your tank line based on whether or not you want to play full-time Zarya. I just don't think that that makes... I don't think that makes sense. I don't like that plan from them. Yeah.
1: No, I I i agree. I agree as well, you know. Uh for sure. I think we pretty much covered it all with the gladiators. yes mean, you know, maybe and, play yeah, a little do bit of skewed
2: like wanna add. You add
1: and
2: I, I I still don't really understand the skew idea. Um uh skewed being subbed in for like this Brigitte role where you could just have moth and then be this this caller like you were saying um it just doesn't make sense to me at all i haven't really got any other thoughts apart from that i mean yeah keep burdering in why would you sub him out it makes no yeah. sense at all you- i mean they i think him and kevster are flexible enough to run the majority of things that you you'd want to run even if it was like on a control you know like completely different stages you can play long-range hit scan. You can have Kevster on Tracer. You can have him on Echo. You can have, uh, yeah, th- like they showed on the Hanamura, the Ash and the Echo. Like, there's there's no massive holes in the in the DPS lineup when you have Kevster and Birdring. So it doesn't make sense. Maybe they're just trying out a few things earlier on in the season, maybe, to to see what fits the best. But... Considering this season, you don't get that many games to play, and a lot of them are qualification matches too. Um, going into May Melee and um, uh, and onwards, it doesn't make sense to be shuffling around so much. I think you'd rather have one core team that you'd practice a ton, and then yeah, if you need Mirror to play Doomfist, hey, sub straight away. Uh, I skewed the skewed point. That's the, my biggest problem with the the roster, honestly.
0: Let's you, move you on to everything. talk. Yeah, let's move on to talking about APAC then as well, where uh, Jaws has been staying up all night. I don't know when he sleeps. He's just a... Mm. uh, Oh, my cupboard. He's gaunt and haggard. No when when I know that oh, you when? sleep in a cupboard I just because sleep in you're a mental cupboard all the time every day Josh. You're like we-
3: Dobby, you're like Dobby the house I elf am. now from yeah. Harry Potter. He
0: he yeah. has a second mattress that's just thrown inside his it's walk-in closet. It's my old mattress and he yeah. sleeps on that but it also has pelican cases on it. So he just spoons pelican cases. Oh, I did cases. take a
2: picture actually. Um, I'll send it to Kurt so you can bring it up if that's, you want. it's just I awful. I can't wait to see it.
0: You're living like a degenerate jaws.
2: Oh it's it's awful.
0: And um, you're in I'll... Matt's old apartment as well. You're in Matt's old apartment on my old mattress, sleeping in a closet. Get your fucking life together.
2: Oh, it's filth, mate. I mean, I'm just an absolute DJ. I sent it to the production PC. I don't know if that's the one Kurt's on.
0: Yeah, it will
2: be. Um, but on. yeah, I mean, it. look, a boy's got to do what a boy's got to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm cuddling Pelican <laughs> cases at night at 5 a.m. Um, there you go. <laughs> wow. That's, that's the cupboard that's wow, amazing you it like a
3: storeroom it looks like a storeroom yeah. of a, of a of some sort of retail shop uh, yeah. what i
2: will say is uh when i moved out uh when i moved you out josh of of the apartment um way back when last year i remember talking to you i was like why the hell do you have a, a, a mattress in a cupboard like this is this is dj <laughs> and genius. i was like and you were saying like oh it gets super dark you can't hear anything it is great mate it's is perfect isolation Oh, it is yeah it's it's, it's awesome. People are missing it's out. Awesome. Apart from having to cuddle pelican cases. Yeah, that, that yeah. Bit sucks.
0: Any, anybody, um, I mean, I'm calling you a D-Gen, but anybody who sleeps in a room with a window is a fool. Because that shit, I mean, light okay. coming in is the antithesis okay. of where, what you want in your sleeping area. You want perfect silence. Anyway, APAC. Yep. Um, yep. The biggest game, I think, was the Philadelphia Chengdu game, for sure. But first of all, I want to talk about the debuts because we had New York and we had Hangzhou. Who are debuting oh for the first time this week? I think that was just those two teams, right? I don't think yes. there's anybody else that we hadn't seen yet.
3: No, those are the last two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So New I'm York, one of they them come in. They get
3: a win too. Woo-hoo.
0: Yeah. New York come in with My a fuck ton problem. of scrim bucks. They're just just scrim bucks just seeping out of every orifice. Did they translate yeah. in their first game game against Chengdu? Did they fuck? What the fuck was going on in that game? It was awful.
2: <laughs> I mean. I...
0: You're going against Chengdu, though, to be fair. Like, they just
2: got ran over. We did see Guangbong as well actually uh, play against Spark, which was kind of nice. And I was kind of hyping him up, and that was a lot of Scrimbucks behind him. Widow God, like yeah. crazy hit scan player, comes in, gets dumpster, gets rotated straight out again. And um, it's actually something that I mentioned during the broadcast was New York have always been a team that's kind of centered around Jonak. Like that has been the kind of focal point. We, we assist Jonak in order to get kills with Jonak and him for, to do damage, etc. And having a bunch of rookies, Oh, like a few rookies, sorry, come in, of course, Yuck Pung and uh, Bianca. I wouldn't necessarily call them rookies and Ivy as well. Um, at this point. Yeah. Are they going to be able to fit this kind of style that New York of previously uh gone with definitely not like there there's no way there was one team for Jonak and I think that team is long gone at this point, scattered to the four winds. Yeah. Um feather feather's been good Flora I I was kind of high up on but Forrest they McCree just all good. incredibly mediocre.
0: Um
2: yeah, it, I, but then I just put that down to them facing against Chengdu.
0: It, well, I also nervous. think that they had immense nerves. Um, I can't remember where this was. I think this was translated on some forum. Maybe it was on Twitter or something. But Friday right. was saying that they, that they were all extremely nervous in their first match against Chengdu, and yeah. Friday was like crying at some point during the game and just couldn't get oh poor thing couldn't get it together and stuff. Because I mean, think think about it you from Friday tell on this map specifically. I mean, Friday really was walking tell. into so many rockets from Jinmu, and he was just yeah. playing on the floor the whole time. Like the, but think about it from his perspective. He's not even come in from some contenders dynasty. He's not a runaway or an element mystic player. He's never even won contenders games particularly. He was playing with Oz Gaming. Uh, they're. They're not a team that did anything in contenders. And you've immediately gone from that to representing New York, who are the team you're playing alongside Jonak, the season one MVP. That's that's an enormous step up in responsibility. And I think that just fucked them this game. I mean, I think that's continuing to be something they're going to have to deal with because they just looked awful. I mean... The, there could not be um, a larger demonstration of scrim bucks being useless than this game right here i feel i found i find it interesting on that map
2: specifically chung do knew exactly what they wanted to do they want to play gaga on the wrecking ball he's just going to roll through them over and over again and then get boops in order for the Farah mercy to just one-shot people and that, that was yeah. it. It was just playing the poke style. And you could tell they were nervous, like even in that, they weren't taking anything aggressive when Diva was running out of thrusters or something. They weren't like aggressively trying to advance on the wrecking ball, like stunning, locking him down or anything. They just kind of let Gaga do what he wanted. I mean, Bianca also, also did do nothing. That too, trying to boop him, like uh, the ball back into the team so he can get frozen, get stunned. It's just, it. it didn't look like a well-oiled machine at all it looked like a machine that had been rusted for 45 years in someone's garden in uh, alabama somewhere you know it's (laughs) not it's not something that i expected honestly because i I, like i said before i had high hopes on flora i really did but um it's going to take a couple of weeks if it was just to shake off these
3: jitters well there are a bunch of rookies so that's how i felt i don't remember i've already had my rant i can't rant anymore about screen honestly i can't do it i don't have any anymore. I don't have an anime anymore. I've I've ran out of steam. I've been I've I've ran out of steam on Scrimbucks, but I also don't think Scrimbucks were totally off the mark, like because they did also beat Spark. And um sure. and Spark but I mean and that was but so, I mean own that was kind of like a debacle. scrimbucks coming true situation because people said that Spark scrimbucks Bucks were low and they looked pretty low there. Uh so I mean I think overall that like New York is a team that has talent. And they're just going to need a lot of time to bring it together. Honestly, like they, this is just a, a rookie roster, and we just they're just going to need some time to get it together. Really, they have
1: some interesting matches next week. I think they'll be playing Shanghai Dragons and someone else, like very they close play games.
2: Seoul and then Dragon.
1: Yeah, like very interesting really games. Interesting because I feel like this was a massive underperformance from New York Excelsior for nerves and you know for the reasons we covered. But I do think that they have a good Johnny team why would you consider this a massive
3: more. underperformance by the way we haven't seen the team play comparatively yeah well, well, we well, haven't wait, seen uh, the team play
1: well you know we saw them beat the spark but
3: well, wasn't the spark after this yes yes
0: yeah but you can still you can still analyze with the benefit of hindsight and
3: uh, yeah i guess that's it's true. not like they're going to imp-
0: it's not like the team is going to improve that much from yeah I guess
3: I interpreted it as you were saying, like, they should have they should have taken Chengdu to map 5 or something. I was like, should they should they have the... Like, I don't know.
1: I mean, if they had been playing their best, you know, maybe they would have... You know, I don't think they play their best. Wait, I'm so confused now in this conversation. Anyway, I think that Nuke Excelsior will be a bigger threat than they seem to be in this specific matchup because of their performance in this match. You know, if they had to play Chengdu again and say, I don't know, may melee knockouts, like, I could see them, you know playing this match closer than they did in this series oh, yeah. the factors yeah. we okay. have covered on the podcast plot chat here today i've asked
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> uh,
1: you know it's uh yeah that's, you fair. Know, I, that's fair i predicted new york to actually win this that was my whole thing because sideshow did it last week <laughs> i've asked calm. No, I, calm i don't know in calm. what universe
3: but still i still go okay. yeah go on sorry
1: no no panic just calm um to predicted New York to win last week. And then I watched the A pack of odds. And I thought to myself, and I looked at New York's lineup and I was like, well, if they just play around Guang Boon and they got Jonak, like I could see them really performing some of these double bubble or, you know, God forbid playing Jonak on send compositions. But I think that, you know, Chengdu Hunters, they just incredible game planning. Um, love the composition, specifically love their Dorado composition. Well, oh, they play, the
0: Widowmaker and the Fire. Yeah,
1: the Widow Echo, and I was just like, New York can't do anything. Like, they're forced to play this Tracer oh, yeah. composition, and they just got Jesus, destroyed. Man.
2: The, the, the Widowmaker just so sat smart. at the back playing Kovacs. I think I actually said that in cast. You did. I was yeah, like, yeah. he's, he's not moving. He's just sat there just clicking on yeah. people's heads. Like, they just couldn't touch him in the slightest. They just couldn't get anywhere near him. It was... What a comp. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I love the compositions, but then you know, we'll get to the other match where Chengdu played as well, but, you know. I think New York, I thought, York also... I what Fusion did to Chengdu, I thought New York would be able to replicate, or, well, replicate before. Fucking timeline sucked, dude! But I think they could play a similar style to what Philly could, and, you know, put up a better performance. But
0: Yeah, didn't... I think New York could probably struggle to deal with stuff that's that makes them adapt on the fly too. That's again something that you benefit from being a really established team or established players because you've you've seen it all before. You know what you're supposed to be running, you know what your your game plan is. For rookies, it's like I feel like New York probably just rolling people in scrims playing one one thing, one style and they just played their own game rather than having to adapt to their opponents. I don't think that's a skill that you learn quickly. I I want to talk about the Hangzhou Spark, man, because this team has what I had issues about the Hangzhou Spark coming into this league, but I also had very similar issues about Chengdu, which was are the coaches going to make the right decisions? I have the same concern about the Seoul Dynasty as well, and it makes it impossible to 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 predict where they're going to end up because the power is just not even in the players' hands. The power is in the coaches' hands to make the right decisions. Um, wait, have they actually made coaching changes? They I did. didn't even they realize changes today. today. They made coaching today. changes
3: today. They got rid of <laughs> Pai John, and uh, they got rid of. Um, they got there's... rid of
0: Pie John.
3: <laughs> yeah. What the
0: fuck. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not, well,
3: he's not gone. I should say. He's. I don't know if he's actually gone, but he's not. He's no longer the head coach. Um, I don't know if that means right. they totally got rid of them. But then they brought up and they brought up Adante to be the new head coach. I didn't even so. realize
0: this. Wow, I completely missed this Yeah, this happened this today. News.
3: Him and New, yeah, it, it, And I honestly, I, I pogged a little bit upon seeing it. It's really, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, I think, I, yeah, I'm, I've actually, I'm going to be honest, I've never been huge on Paijean, So
0: No, I mean, I don't think huge. he did anything yeah. for the Vancouver Titans when they were good. And I think, yeah, I mean, I, he was also, wasn't he the coach of the uh, Fusion University when they were yes, just a was. stack team as well? He was. He's, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he's the kind of coach that's just been coaching good teams. And so people assume he's a good coach. Um, he could be a good yes. assistant
3: coach though I am just not sure about head sure. coach
0: I mean who, yeah. who the fuck knows but the, the spark I disagree with almost all of their decisions in terms of who they were fielding and I thought that yeah. they would end up fielding more of a mixed diverse roster this year because they've had more time to prep before the beginning of the season I can understand in previous years it takes time to create these communication structures they've got a challenge on their hands because they're trying to come in like a blend of two or sometimes even three languages. But you had time at the beginning of the season to do shit, to actually to, to have all of your players in the same place and to practice with them and fix those issues before they become issues. And instead, you come into the first season playing a full Korean roster and all of your excellent Chinese players are on the bench and you're fielding, like, Takoyaki over Gushui in some of the maps as well. Yeah. I, oh I my can't God. get on yeah. board so... with what they're doing there. I can't. Yeah, I did not understand the it. sub in
2: for uh watch point Gibraltar.
0: I was I was saying
2: like Winston map, oh, get no... Gushway out. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, there's there's no way I was saying in cast there's like Oh, maybe we'll see Takiyaki sometimes, maybe they'll put him in for Ryan or something. I'm not entirely sure. Um and then we go to Watchpoint, I'm like, can't wait to see more Gushway, and then it loads in, and we're like, Oh, why is Takiyaki in? Why? Goosh, this is Gushway's map, surely you're going to field him for any map in the season this is this is the map also gushwe is just a ridiculous player he's way better than Takayaki maybe Takiyaki has a bigger ceiling but did not you see, what's currently visible did, did you see Rush tweet that
0: Takoyaki was going to be the best tank in the league when he joined the Spark I did did you guys see that, see that?
1: I remember this right. actually.
0: Yeah. yeah, I do remember this. Rush tweeted saying he will be best the best main tank in the league or something like that when well, when well, the announcement well, late, post wait, wait happened.
1: Well, wait, one second.
3: Let me remember this. Let me do a quick a quick Google, okay, a quick he was Google on a uh, he was on Elimistic, So there you go. Yeah. There's the reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I,
0: I I think that <laughs> I, I mean, what I, he's just hyping up his boy. I feel like it, right? Because, but then, but then he's hyping him up over for fearless, who's on his team. He's saying mm-hmm. he's going to be the best main tank in the league. I don't know, man. It's just fucking weird to me that I, I didn't understand that point of view. Like from watching Takeyaki's games in contenders, he didn't seem like a, an unbelievable talent that was coming in. I don't cool. get
2: it. I think he's good, but I don't know why it's about Grishway in this current meta makes I mean, sense I mean why
3: where where was where was anyone where where was half the roster for the where Spark? league where was league where was league yeah, where, yeah. was, where, where where's was my chinese coldest? backline where, where where was? where was any of my players for the spark man coldest mika <laughs> like anyone like where i was shy on I,
0: tracer I, why they... yeah
3: we were, i i i that was the story i had i hold i took a massive l with spark by the way i took a massive l i i stood firm i locked my shields against everyone that would <laughs> dare say that spark was going to be bad and i got Fucking dumpstered because of these <laughs> oh. roster decisions, like hardcore.
2: Dude, this spot exactly. Look at IDK's health bar and look how long it stays that way. He gets headshot One, by Carpe.
3: Three, four. Uh, oh, dude, only about he, six seconds. Six seconds. It, it was longer than HP. that. It was about ten
2: seconds worth of gameplay where IDK sat on zero HP and MCD was trying to heal the tanks and didn't look at him once. Like That's the really the brick cool. had to literally hide in their spawn. That's like really it was cool. rid- yeah. ridiculous.
3: Yeah. I was like. I, I i i'm so fucking, glad they're done pretending now for weird business stop yeah, pretending stop spark. <laughs> stop it's time pretending. to get it's time to get on the horse because this was unacceptable it like, made no, I, yeah i took a gigantic fucking l on the spark this week unlucky yeah uh,
0: <laughs> and the thing to me is I'm now worried for the whole of the rest of the season because even when they bring in new coaches now, or rather promote a a different coach, which, by the way, doesn't usually fix the issue. Hello, does anyone remember New York and London where they're just promoting their own assistant coaches fucking repeatedly, but they're all using the same actual system of coaching, which is the fucking core problem in the first place? I don't think this is going to fix the coaching issue necessarily. But even if that did get fixed, even if you brought in really good coaches... The fact that they're fielding a full Korean team right now implies to me that they didn't do the groundwork that they should have been doing to start integrating more and more Chinese players. And if you haven't been spending all of your past time that you had available doing that, good luck doing it in the future because now you actually have to win the matches too. So that's... If they and also,
3: why would they pick up the Chinese players to begin with if they weren't going to, like, lay the groundwork, you know? Like, what was even the purpose of picking up the... Ch- Especially these Chinese players, man. These guys are so good. These are some of the best players in China. They could be on Chengdu yeah. right now, and I would never had to eat Crow on Philly. I would never have so to do
1: good. it. The last signing was the 20th of November. They've had five months.
0: Yeah, and it's time. not even like they can make the argument of um they they were you know it's like philadelphia where you had visa issues and they're playing with 250 ping these guys have we're talking about chinese and korean players here the ping is manageable if you want even if they weren't able to be in the same places as each other you could have started doing this process since the very beginning of this year you had like four months to be able to do this and, yeah. and what, you're telling me that they're not ready now? If they're not ready now, they're not going to be ready by any reasonable point in the season. And you've probably fucked the dog already on it. So it's, it's done, I think.
3: Oh, I've, I've heard the screw the pooch before, but never yeah, fucked the no. dog. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard no, the screw no, the pooch, no, but never fuck. fucked the it's, dog before. It's that's, the same that's, thing. That's a new one. That's, that's that a new one. It. I, actually, that brings me to a second point, Josh. Earlier you said you don't want any noise in your bedroom. And it was referring to light. Light does not make noise. So, I I'm said, trying to figure out exactly. I said what you, you don't want that.
0: noise, and then I was assuming that people understood that light also disrupts sleep. It is the uh, antithesis of sleep. No, I,
3: think, I think you can hear light, and I think there's a spot for the Avengers on you. If that's the case, <laughs> I think you're ready to go. I think you're ready to go, <laughs> pal.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the spark just fucking boomed me and everything I stand for as well. I, 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 oh, I, yeah. I hate it.
1: Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand Adante becoming the interim head coach. Because wasn't he uh, just like John's assistant on Vancouver Titans? On yeah. Vancouver Titans, there was a player on team. Uh,
3: so- essentially, yes. Well, technically, he was an analyst, not an assistant coach. Oh, sorry. Uh, but I, I think, but Adante was separate from the. Paijan tree of coaching though because he was originally with GC Busan Wave let me double check yeah he was he was GC Busan Wave when GC Busan Wave was looking pretty good mm-hmm. um, so they they haven't had the same career path where like he hasn't been with the Fujing University and such so like they could have different methods you know moving forward yeah. like i was pogging not so much because of like Adan- adante coming forward to be the coach it's more so like i don't think Paijan was clearly ready to be a head coach. And is not really, maybe an assistant coach, but like not to be a head coach. It's sort of like a Wizard Young situation where like maybe they could be a better in a different role. And I think it's better for Spark to make that decision now and try out a different candidate than it is to move forward with, I think is going to be a failed experiment. You know? Spark is also... I I think Adonante has like potential.
0: Spark is also one of the most difficult teams in the league to coach because you have all of these issues that you need to resolve in terms of mixing together people from very different backgrounds in terms of culture, but also just how they learned to play Overwatch because they come from different scenes. And then on top of that, the language issues, you have to come up with structures to be able to deal with that. Like It is a challenge to coach this team and you need a really good coaching staff to be able to make it work or at least a coaching staff that's willing to put in the work to go in the right direction.
1: Um, I, um, I predicted U4 to become the head coach after... <laughs> after
0: uh no. Zhong, what a redemption arc wave, that would so, be you know disappointed what what a redemption arc that would be for u4
1: after well, just- my prediction was in our hangzhou video that you know in stage two the pigeon was gonna get fired and then u4 would take over and just play the chinese players and mm. do better
0: right and so that is on the path to actually occurring yeah, but now Pai
1: John is gone, and you is not the head coach. So well, there's still time, there's still then. plenty still of
3: room for them to move more coaches if they want to. So if they want to run five I, Chinese I will be players, and then
1: you're the watching script writers
0: immediately. <laughs> uh, let's Man, let's move on Europe. to the next team, though. Uh, who the heck oh, did yeah. we want to talk about? Oh, I think the next thing to talk about, honestly, is that Philadelphia Chengdu game. I think that was clearly the best game of APAC this week. It was probably the best game of the week, actually, um, and uh, maybe um, maybe Washington Dallas. Would have been up there. I think at the Washington same point. Dallas
3: was really I think there was that game was literally a, a smidgen away from being a Map Five. So Sure.
0: But this one this one was excellent. I thought the level of play in this game was superb as well. And to me, the I don't I don't know what your guys' opinion is, but the, to me the person that stole the show when I VOD reviewed this was Hopper. I was not expecting him to be this good. What and New the, York doing with him, man? these i I don't know christ i mean what the fuck it's crazy
3: because it's just the same tank line right from new york it is yeah (laughs) yeah and they look so different
0: but like the way that hopper was pressuring jinmu and then being able to also put pressure on the 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 back line and then he's yeah he's just he was so well coordinated with philadelphia i I saw you do a little bit of the review josh on stream
2: and uh i popped in the chat on my favorite map um havana oh yeah uh, a Philadelphia fusion defense on Havana, Un- actually unbelievable. Just like skill diffed, just everything diffed Chengdu on um, on that map. I mean, I, I loved yeah. especially uh, they they did. I will say Chengdu's comps and the- how they were playing it too was a bit whack. But the way Hotbo was able to just control the skies too and their ultimate economy uh, economy and rotations when they were full holding for that long as well was just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Chengdu Hunters came out the door with a game plan. It's like, okay, we're going to do our Chengdu thing, right? We're going to do ball and everything. And then they were forced to swap the comp. They were like, this is just not going to work ever. So we need to swap. And then obviously it just resets everybody apart from like one person's, oh, I think maybe the Diva, And then they just got booty blasted. For, did, uh, yeah. for the
0: next two minutes. I mean, they tried to play Rush and they didn't look like they knew. I mean, uh, so far, the only team in APAC that can play Rush is Philadelphia. I, yeah. I don't know whether yeah. you guys have a different team that you would put up there, but I haven't seen anybody that can play Rush apart from Philly in APAC yet. Yeah, yeah no. control,
3: I mean, like, I, I think Chengdu in general was not a team built for Rush. Uh, and in particular, this was... I was impressed with... Fu- I mean, I, I've already said up Fusion... They won. The few the fans won. So they've <laughs> beaten me. They have. I have to admit it. They look like the best team in APAC, but yeah. Chengdu definitely, like you said, Josh and also Jaws. The comp game was a little strange. Jinmu, nice. Jinmu, just he did a Jinmu things where he said, "I'm going to play Fera and I will not stop, ever. I will never stop playing this character." <laughs> Ever, no matter what anyone tells me otherwise, until it's too late and we have to make some shitty swaps and we're in a sad we're in a sad position. So I mean they didn't even play him for this for Havana because they, they were playing Jimmy. Well Jimu, they started yeah. with yeah.
0: Leave on Farah though. They started with the same Sombra Farah, but with Leave playing it, and I feel like that's just Well, here's his my Thing as well. When I watched this game back, I felt like it was a terrible map pool for Chengdu because they end up playing Havana and Kings Row, and those maps are just not great for what they're trying to do, like the style that they're trying to play. Um, but at the same time, that's part of why Philly are the better team to me, is because they yeah. can play every style right now, and there there aren't many teams that can play everything. Like Houston can pretty put pretty much play everything. They've played the ball comps, they've played the the double bubble comps have played the rush comps really well and and shock sure they're on the same kind of tier but uh, other than those two it really is it's philadelphia they're the only team in that they can play all I mean I'd say all fusion of these actually
3: has styles. an advantage over shock simply because shock actually can't they have to swap main tanks to play every style and fusion doesn't
0: yeah although mano's ball i'm still not convinced by i think gaga hard tank diff them on the ball maps and, uh, yeah, but
3: that's kind of just like a region difference in that, the fact that like China just, they're just so good at Silly Ball. They're so good at Silly Ball. Like in general, they produce <laughs> yeah, the best yeah. ball players in the world. I don't know what yeah. sort of ball academies happening over there. I don't know what the training regime is, but they just do it differently in China when it comes to Silly Heroes.
1: Yeah. Are, are we, um, I mean, I, I predicted Philadelphia to win this series 3-1, but it was actually large part because of the maps. Um, so I'm asking you guys what are you guys vibes around maps being so important in series I think I asked this question last week as well but I feel like with different maps because as you pointed out Gaga playing the Reckon Ball like he's so damn good on that hero that Chengdu could have definitely won some you know other maps um, had they been allowed to play more ball I still think we're in the territory where we don't appreciate that Like especially you know individual map results sway in one team's favor because certain compositions are better than others, and I think actually come May Melee, we might even see a couple of surprising results because of we'll get losers picked by then, right? So we'll see teams be able to purposely, intentionally play their strengths more and try to hide some of their weaknesses. Um, Whereas like with this series, I felt like Philadelphia like got really good maps for them, and so I felt that like they were they did get a good hand. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I I don't know if Philadelphia would, like, how it would look if Chengdu got to play some other maps where they were allowed to play more Wrecking Ball and play to their strengths, because they do look a bit forced um, in this series from them, composition-wise, compared to, like, New York Excelsior, where they just, like, fucking pooed on them.
0: But I don't know. But my big takeaway from this is always that when metas actually become good in Overwatch, where you have a range of different styles and they're map-dependent... It just makes me mauled that we all got fucking beaten into submission about not being able to pick maps for series. I mean, like, it happened so early on in Overwatch history with the devs just hitting us over the head with a big fucking stick that was like, you will play one of every type and you will will play the maps that we tell you to play and you will fucking like it. And we just got beaten so many times. We're like, yes, okay, all right, fucking lovely, yeah. So, um wow, one team really favored in this one, aren't they? By the random map pool. Like in any other esport, this would be considered absolutely atrocious. But we've just learned to live with it because most of the time it doesn't make that much difference in the game. But as soon as you get a meta where it does make a difference, you're you're genuinely in some instances just going to give a series to one team because you happen to have a map pool that was randomly selected from a hat. And that I don't think is fun in any way. I mean, it's fun, but it's not it it shouldn't be that predictable and the better the meta gets the better the balance gets the more predictable it gets in that manner because when yeah. you see like Havana and Kings Row come up uh, for Chengdu against well it wouldn't really work in this but for example when they play at Hawaii and if they're playing against Houston right if I see Havana and I see Kings Row I'm gonna be like well I mean fuck Chengdu I guess you know that's that's not what would you know. be? Would you be in favor of a uh, map pool system,
2: then a map band system, like they have in like Rainbow? Or... Well,
0: they have it in the playoffs. They have the the playoffs. You get to sure. pick the maps that uh, you
2: play so, throughout the
0: season too. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. don't even think that that should be a debate. I think that should, is sure. how it should always have been. And I, I, I mean, I think we just gave up on this discussion years years back, and just sure. we were like, yeah, fuck it. I mean, we're not going to win this fight, so we're no point taking it.
1: I also feel like it's, it, you know, it's sort of like meta-dependent that we have that GOATS meta, where it's like, who fucking cares what map it is? You're just going to play GOATS forever and always on every single map, yeah. on every single point, and there's no yeah. variation ever except for stage 3 where Shanghai Dragons won. 1. But it's like, so you get to my point where like, well like wh- wh- why? You know why what, what does it matter? Let's just have let's just play all the maps in the game for variety because it's right. fun and let's showcase and, them because and, and, it doesn't matter. And but that's then then you, to be fair, the that decision bad.
3: was done before this though. Sure, but I'm just it's...
1: saying that like the conversation and the like the, the weight behind the argument of having losers pick all the time is greatly increased in a meta like this where maps actually matter, like, quite a lot. Because if you're a yeah. Rush team, and you're like, hey, we've got three Reinhardt maps, like, we're playing, we can play May Rhine on Nepal. It's like, go us, cool, we can force it on Sanctum if we want. And then you get someone who's like, uh, yeah, time to play uh, Ilios, and you're now going to have to play Rhino, like, well or something. It's like, it's yeah. harder. So it's like, it's, it, you see it way more in a meta like this, where there's actually variety, and teams play to the restraints, and then you get to like you will get to a new meta. We're going to 100 percent go to a meta where something is just dumb OP and you can play it on every map every single point, and then you won't be able to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who cares?
0: Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing, the better the meta gets, the more the maps become problematic. <laughs> like the yeah. map selection. So <laughs> so it's like you, you get you got a really good meta, and then you're like, oh fuck, now the maps are predictable. <laughs> oh, yeah but i mean whatever or, at the end of the day i'd rather have a good meta than uh, a bad one where the maps i mean you could know. also
3: make the argument that like if you know the pool ahead of time because you know the pool you just don't know exactly what maps right mm. um there's always the order going to be played you can make the argument that like teams should be perfecting their strategies on each map independently um right and like sure certain maps might favor certain strategies but like if this is your style, you can generally make it work. You know, I mean, we've literally seen Shanghai do that in season three, right? So, or not season three, in season two. Um, Though I do agree that on average, yeah, probably at this point we could re-examine map pools. But it's such a meta-dependent thing that like, you know, the finest breath Will blow over this fucking house of cards and it's all gonna come tumbling down.
0: Yeah, and suddenly we're just playing Russia everywhere no matter what, even on Gibraltar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that can definitely happen. Um, I, I wanna I wanna return to the match I hand a little bit and and just the Philadelphia fusion. Because I want to return to one of Jonathan's points from I think it was like two weeks ago at this point, where he was talking about a honeymoon period. And we all we all poo-pooed Jonathan's idea of it being a honeymoon period. But Philadelphia really do look like they've uh, so here's another snippet from the Christopher interview as well with Yiska, where he was saying that a week before their first match, the fears that the fans had of them underperforming were probably going to be true. But in that one week run up to the, to the first match, they improved dramatically and it felt like things just clicked. And I, I, I think as well, he was, very, he was very... In that interview, he said, it's unlikely any APAC team goes four and zero. And then they did it. And he also said, probably when Funny Astro and, and uh, Poco come back, we're going to have some downtime or like a dip in our performance as we reintegrate them. Yeah. Um, how likely do you think it is, Jonathan, after the games that you've seen so far, that Philly naturally like cool off? Do you think there could be like a honeymoon period and the, this is a high with Hopper and Toby and then it, it like goes downwards a little bit even before Funny Astro and Poco are back?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, this is where it sucks where we record midday on Mondays. It's like I haven't had a chance to actually watch Phillies games right. this past week, this past week in a way, because I, I bought a review on Tuesdays. <clears throat> so I haven't been able to watch these games. Um, that's why you guys are here, so you can talk about them. And I don't right. have to.
0: But I, f- I feel like, as- whoa. He, he was just resetting. They were in the middle of a... Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It was okay. a terrible... I mean, couldn't they yeah. always
3: theoretically yeah. have a second honeymoon when they get the players back? He, he because sort of they've been about. divorced and then remarried, you know? And that's a second honeymoon.
1: Didn't they say in this interview as well that Hotba and
0: Toby are on 30-day contracts?
1: Yeah, they did say they were like 30-day or like but, short
3: contracts. But Chris
0: also said that they will probably have to renew those and like continue. It's just that mm-hmm. they... They're they're just taking it like month by month because they literally don't know the ETA for Funny Astro and Poco getting back, and it ch- it can change on like a day by day or week by week basis. So they're, they're still yeah, going to be playing exa- with those guys. These are problems,
2: man. Like I was exactly the same situation where one week it was like, oh, it's going to be ready. Next week it's not. You know, they don't yeah. they don't know. I don't think yeah. there's any way they don't kind of. I see them being picked up almost full time. Well, maybe not if we get halfway through the season. You know, maybe half a season contract, but almost permanent. um, They probably have two. They They can't sign two-way
1: contracts, so they probably have two Just Yeah. Sign them fully, yeah. I mean, I think... uh, Yeah. I mean, I think that eventually you're going to get this dip, like he said, where it's like, we need to reintegrate Funny Astro and Poco into our team. And I bet even some of these players on the Philadelphia Fusion, they'll be like, if it ain't broke, like, don't fix it. Obviously, they're great players, but what I'm saying is, like, if you start dipping in performance and you're like hey, we're losing to, um, I mean, Soul Dynasty is a good team, but, like, we're losing to Hangzhou Spark or, like, losing to some of these mid-table teams in APAC. When is the right time to change some of these players up and reintegrate Faniasran and uh, Poco? So, you know, there's going to be a dip. I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm not a future uh, prophet. I'm not a future teller. I don't know what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, they look good for now.
0: Yeah, to me, Philly really do look good for now. Like, they actually... All parts of their roster are fucking popping. Alarm's having an insane performance. Uh, Toby's playing all right. Hopper's playing way better than I thought he would. Uh, Mano looks good. Um, Rascal has been actually like on fire compared to where I thought he'd be at the beginning of the season. He's been playing like Tracer for them and shit and doing that incredibly well, plus his May that he's been able to bring out for them. And Carpe's just taking names on the McCree. I think that they've they look fantastic. I I, I really think that this team I, I I don't know. They they I've I've got to I've got to give credit to Nine K so much for being able to take this team and make them this good so early on in the season, especially when yeah. they're playing with two new subs. Like, getting everybody up to speed there is such a, such a, a challenge a for a coach. Mask.
1: Yeah, I mean, f- for all of the clout that I'm claiming with this honeymoon phase, I was one of the people going into the season who was like, I think this Fusion roster is going to be worse than last year. Um, but as it stands, I mean, they look incredible with the new additions and they look really good. Now, there seems to be a little bit of a discussion that the APAC region seems pretty weak right now, relatively to what it was last year, because Shanghai Dragons are not as good as they are. Change, obviously, fantastic team and, like, I love the compositions, but do you feel like this level of performance from Philly especially, like, do you think this would have had them dominating last year against, like, a really good Shanghai Dragons, Guangzhou with Happy and Chu and um, you know, all of those teams performing at the highest level. Do you think Philly would just, like, 4-0 those teams as well? Or do you feel like APEC is a bit weaker now, early on this season?
0: Yeah, I do do think it's weaker, but I also don't think that, like... I don't think Philly are going to continue dominating either. I think they're going to be up at the top level. And I think they would still be around that same kind of, like... They'd still be in the pack last year as well with this with the level that they're playing at. But, um, yeah, I, I do feel like there's been a bit of a drop-off, but it's mostly because of Shanghai. If Shanghai get yeah. back up to where they were, which they can, there's no reason why they couldn't, then APAC will be looking strong again.
1: Honestly, you were saying last week that you were worried about fate uh, on, on the main tank role for this team. Slightly. And holy shit, after, sorry, after we saw Fearless on Dallas, I'm like, wow, they lost like a great main tank, but they lost this yeah. guy... Like this, but to is be fair, I feel like fate,
3: fate is. I, I think dragons are starting slow though, because nothing on their t- roster and their previous performance should indicate how they're currently playing, you know? Like, yeah, it, it shouldn't. And also, if, no even excuses. if you just look at fate, is like, sure, would I say fate is not nearly as flashy or poppy as fearless? Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's 100% truth. But fate has had very consistent main tank performances throughout all the league on a variety of heroes, you know. Also, so his I ball
0: and his Arisa are probably better than Fearless is too.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think it's. I think dragons are. Personally, you could almost argue that like, is it the APAC region being really weak right now, or is it maybe just the fact that there's so much parity besides other the two like top top teams currently of Fusion and Chengdu, that everyone looks kind of fucking weird because of the fact that everyone else is just so close. Like, it's really hard to differentiate other than eye test and like, but I mean, I don't know. I think dragons are starting slow personally. I Uh, just think that's the problem with them.
1: I'm a bit worried about the dragons, honestly.
3: I think they're starting slow. I think they they should perform badly.
0: We will, we will figure this kind of shit out once we have the main melee, right? It's not like, it's not like last year where we have to have all of these speculative discussions and then the teams only meet at the end of the year. We're going to see them regularly clash and see which region is better. Um, Ping issues aside, hopefully they'll be, uh, resolved in a pretty reasonable way. But yeah, that, that that's part of what makes this year so cool is that we see that clash happen more, much more often. Um let's move on to our next segment where instead of looking over the past, we analyze the future. But before <laughs> we get to that, we have another sponsored segment. Oh, we're doing it after. We're doing it afterwards. We're not doing the sponsored segment now. We're doing it later. Okay. The first thing that we want to get to then is the uh the the power rankings, right? So let's quickly adjust our power rankings from last week. Have we got them available to bring up? I feel like there shouldn't be too many moving and shaking pieces here, but there's definitely a few that slide around. Plus we get to slot in all of the old teams. Oh well, not the old teams, the new teams rather. Um let's let's start by slotting in the new teams, I think. Uh,
3: I put Justice at assault 3 in it. Yeah. I put Justice at assault 3. Yeah. Myself currently. That's okay. how I feel about justice. Well, let's
0: let's start from the bottom actually, so that we I build the, the, the list up. I think Vancouver Titans still have to sit at the bottom, right? No. No. You no. want to put Spitfire at, spit at the bottom?
3: Yeah? Wow. Spitfire at the bottom.
0: London at the bottom, Woo-hoo. underneath. I Vancouver. think Titans
3: have far more. Titans took maps off good teams. Titans took
1: maps off Houston and Justice. Do I think Vancouver with yeah. Leonard comps and yeah, Tyrone May could beat London? Yeah, they could. Yeah, yeah, yeah Titans actually like... have
3: redeemable qualities with Teru on May and like their, their, their tank line at times. Like, yeah. a spot, Spitfire showed nothing. Redeemable oh, they were despicable. Like yeah, They it was, 100% deserve the 12. It was
0: very poor performance from London. Um, what about Boston, though, as well? Because I really felt like that was a, a pretty awful performance as well from Boston, even though I don't think it will continue like that throughout the season. There are arguments to put the Vancouver Titans ahead of them based on the exact same shit.
3: I still want to put. I don't think I'd still put Titans ahead of them, though. I I think that's a little too drastic. However, personally, I would put Paris above them currently, is my personal opinion.
0: Oh, yeah, I definitely Uh,
3: would. Yeah.
0: Whoa. Yeah, okay.
3: I put Paris above them. But
0: I don't think that's going to continue. I think Boston are going to look better um, as the season progresses. Yeah,
3: this roster should not be
0: for the current though
3: no
0: this is just yeah, current, yeah, this just is just current. like yeah. snapshot, yeah, like right great. now, I think London had a really terrible first showing, but I think they'll start to look better. I think the same could be said for Boston. I almost think that like right now, this week, the Vancouver Titans potentially now that you now that you're reminding me of the maps that they actually managed to take in those maps looked better than Boston.
3: yeah, I had this argument myself, um but I kind of discounted it simply because I felt like the map versus Justice, I straight think Justice were trolling a little bit. Like, I think they weren't taking it super seriously at times. And the Houston match was untold amounts of Papage in the map that they took. Like, I was like, it reminded me of like when Florida just like let Houston cap in their match. It was like, yeah, yeah. I think that was a Papage moment for Outlaws, like hardcore Papage. Um... So just and just on roster strength alone, I find it, I still would put Boston above them, you know, because Boston played tough matches. Boston played tough matches still, you know, they played Fuel mm. and they played Glad.
0: So yeah,
3: and it's the Gladiators with their roster more figured out too. They were playing Bird Ring and Moth like a lot more. So I personally felt like I would still. Put I mean, Boston the same the
0: same arguments could all be made for the London Spitfire as well.
3: Uh, no, I don't think so because still <laughs> even so, I still think that like Titans. On the eye test looked way better than Spitfire did.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not gonna argue with you too much. Let's let's move on. Um then yeah, Atlanta and Toronto haven't played anymore. What's is that uh is that yeah, I mean that's pretty much done, right? We didn't actually it see anything good. else that would have shifted yeah. Yeah, yeah. to me too.
3: Up. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Fine. Okay, cool. I, I Let, let's move on to the APAC matches. region. Then. The the APAC region will shift around a little bit though, because I think we had Chengdu at the number one position, didn't we? We did. We had Philly at number two or something like that. So we'll have to shift that around.
1: Had I watched Philly's games earlier last week, I would have. I would have vouched for Philly at number one.
3: Okay, hindsight, Harry. Um, my preds, my preds. Okay, sir, 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 my preds. You,
0: you, um, yeah, you, you had Philadelphia Fusion at number one. You, you tweeted it right, saying that you thought Philly were the top team in. APAC.
1: Yeah, people don't upload on Twitter. People don't post it on Reddit, so people don't aren't really on in tune with my takes as much. It's not like a vast, you know. People you get post
3: a... your takes on Reddit all the time, Johnny. No, what they are you don't. Talking about no? Yes, they do. Yes, no, they, they don't. do.
1: No, yes, they I do. just see a vast face all the time, and his memes and like the rat thingy. With the okay, cheese. so let's let's and push fusion that. into the number one, <laughs> one
0: position and hunters. So Peter. we essentially just swap yeah. Philly and hunters. Yeah, and then we didn't see Hunt. Soul play again, right? Uh, so no, good. Two matches. Two matches. I'm still okay.
3: I'm still okay with Soul Three, honestly, though.
0: Yeah, I think. From what
3: we've seen until Yo. until they
0: Papige and drop down the rankings, they'll be fine there. I think Hangzhou, Hangzhou, looked... definitely. Hangzhou. I think Hangzhou,
3: de- d- Hangzhou I mean... deserved to go above charge and value. In my opinion, that's my personal opinion, though. But I think they deserve sure. to go above I and
0: value. charge. I above don't even them. know where to. I don't even know what to do with those bottom three teams. Okay. I don't know what to do with them. Here's where you start that conversation. Do you put Valiant above the charge?
3: Yes. I don't know. Could do. Yeah, because I, I actually I think this.
1: Yeah. After I went back and watched the VODs, I think that was one of our mistakes, that Valiant actually looked kind of decent in the Ash compositions. Because Crystal... I, I watched some of Crystal's gameplay. Like People sleep on him it because did. they hate Crystal for understandable yeah, reasons. But he is but good. He is good. And Guangzhou looked like Poop. That being said, they have a match coming up, and we'll get to Preds later. No,
3: I Bye agree. Up. I agree with you, Johnny. I, I think Valiant should go above charge.
0: I, I feel like though we're wasting our time talking about teams that didn't even play this week. Like the sure. the main the main meat and potatoes is just where NYXL, Hangzhou, and like the flip at the top, right? Like, yeah. So yeah, I don't. I, don't well, think I mean, we really... all
3: agree with the top, right? We all agree sure. with the top yeah. flip. I mean, yeah.
0: I think New York are in the right position as well. I wouldn't put them above Shanghai, even though. Shanghai looked kind of papige. Like New York looked extremely shit in their game against Chengdu. Yeah. Um. So I think I- I'm pretty happy with this. I think I'm the bottom bo- three teams, with this. the bottom three teams, could be in whatever fucking order you wanted. I think that you could make arguments for Hangzhou being lower as well. To be honest, but I um I think it's fine like this. Uh, let's let's move on to the next thing though. Um, do you want to do preds first, or do you want to do our sponsored segment, Mister Curtis? Uh, if you want to wait two minutes for the emulator to load, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's let's do the um, Preds. Let's do the let's do the Preds first. Then let's do the Preds. We have our top five matches of next week. So we have our first match is actually going to be a clash of the a clash of the teams that absolutely papished this week. It is the Boston Uprising against the London Spitfire. Oof. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay. So here's, here's my thought process with London, is that I think, I, so I put this as like a 3-2 game, and I thought it was a pretty much a, a, a coin flip, but the reason that I'm going with London here overall is that I feel like this week was a significant... And this isn't really based on too much. It's just speculation and based on like one interview with CX that I was listening to. I feel like London came into this game, uh, came into the league and choked a bit at the beginning. And that's mainly based on their the difference between what I've seen from them playing in contenders. And that isn't just like they, they could get away with nonsense in contenders. They actually looked coordinated when they played in contenders. And when they played in the Steel series, they looked coordinated. This week, they looked... Shit. Just just awful gameplay on an individual level from people like Hadi, which I wasn't expecting. And then the team coordination was poor. So I'm hoping that this is a bit of a like New York first match thing and they rebound in week two. And I think that they've got a chance to be able to take this. But I think the safe money is on the Boston Uprising. But I, I'm I don't really like the way that the DPS looks with the hole that Soon's left as well. I think that there's some... I don't think that Boston are going to live up to expectations over the course of this whole season, too. I think this is a pretty close game.
2: I think mine was a 3-2 for, uh, for Boston. Or it might have been a 3-1 in Boston's favor. I think Boston, maybe London Spitfire have a, a lot more to give, but I think Boston will have... A, they're going to have higher highs, especially with their back line. They're so consistent. Maybe they pick up somebody... To fill that soon spot, not entirely sure, but I think Boston, their current look, pretty not bad, honestly. Pretty not bad. I just wasn't impressed with London at all.
1: Yeah, I can't think of a conscience Pred London here. I did a lot of Pepi's Preds last week. (laughs) I got to shore up some of my risk taking here. So I'm just going with the safe one which is boston to me. You
2: know what's interesting you say that, Johnny. You were the only person to get every match correct last week. We did seven matches and you got
1: all of them correct. Except I changed my New York pred in hindsight after the show was
0: produced. (laughs) Oh no. Are you keeping oh, track yeah. of that, Yeah,
1: let's get the leaderboard out there. Let's save that leaderboard, Kurt. That's a good idea. I'll
0: make that eventually. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I, I mean, was playing the thing with is, the leaderboard... Ivy.
3: Also, the leaderboard is gonna, can't be compromised by people changing the pred off the show. <laughs> Very now. true. Because then it's compromised at that point. There's no point. Like I'm prepping
1: yeah. APAC matches without watching the mods. <laughs> what do you have to do?
3: Well, I yeah. don't know. I
1: don't know. I don't I have I the work,
3: answer for you I there, honestly. i work harder,
0: Lord of Ast. I should okay. study the mods. So the next game is pretty interesting. Um, it's the San Francisco Shock against the Florida Mayhem. And I know that we've got a little Florida Mayhem simp on the show, but he's still not going with it. Huh? No, no. How, I
3: how actually close? I actually thought for Mayhem's first couple matches, they didn't look amazing for where I thought they were going to be. Um,
0: yeah. They,
3: they still look like a top five team, North America, but they didn't look like nearly as strong as I wanted with them initially. So...
0: I, we're looking for Florida to try and get onto double bubble comps if they want to be able to win this series, right? I think that's yeah. my thought process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Well, it also depends
3: on what Shock does with their tank line too. I think that's like the one big weakness still with Shock is that like they do have the tanks to play anything world class. They just yeah. don't have them all at the same time because they have to swap Smurf and Super if they want to play like Ryan. So Yeah,
0: that doesn't normally matter though. Like if you're going to play a Ryan or a Winston comp, you already know when you're coming into the map. Most of the time,
3: yeah, but they did that. They did that a little bit versus like Houston and stuff. They were playing Smurf, and they ended up like they were playing them like Ryan and shit. Like they they were definitely, I believe, like making. If I remember properly, they were making some like weird main tank decisions with Smurf, where he would like not play. He would play heroes you'd expect Super to be playing like Ryan, you know. And it wasn't the maps good.
2: are pretty telegraphed though. So I'm looking at the maps. Oh, I, I don't even know what the maps are. What are
3: the just maps? Just depends, really.
2: Uh, apart from I would say Busan, which is their first control, Hanamura, Mora, and then watch
1: point. See, um. yeah. The reason why I'm like, uh, like, not fully disclosing the maps is because I don't know if we're allowed to disclose the maps or not. I've been it's on this um, Wikipedia. Oh, it is? Okay. Because yeah. like, I cannot see it on the website. So I didn't know. Because uh, so you, you can't click on uh, match details. But I'm okay. just going on that. Wikipedia. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the maps The maps are interesting. I think they favor the shock. So if, you know, Florida wanted to fa- uh, play double bubble compositions, they could do some Gibraltar. But I'm like,
0: I mean, Hanamura against the is shock. the second map, did you say? They tried to run out on, yeah. on there on point B, right? They actually did a good job of oh, yeah. stopping Atlanta.
1: Yeah, Yeah. We saw like Dallas and Washington played Washington comps there too. Like Assassin's Echo, like on Hanamura, that Hanamura was like really good. I just don't. I don't know. I feel like it's the same with Blizzard World. You can play probably both compositions if you wanted to, but if you're playing a good Winston team that out-rotates you on point B Anamora, it's tough as a rank comp to do, like, force oh. point pressure and shit. It's tough.
0: Um, yeah. th- let's move on to predding some APAC matches, because these are now getting kind of ludicrous. We're gonna go for the Los Angeles Valiant against the Guangzhou Charge. <laughs> I mean, how do you even pred this?
3: Okay. <laughs> I predated Valiant. I predated right. Valiant, yeah. So
0: Valiant to get yeah. their first win of the season right here.
3: Yeah, I, I also took a massive L on charge as well. I was one of the people high on charge preseason and people you and flipped. then uh i took a massive l on that one yeah
2: i can uh, see i am like i wasn't crazy high but look at the look at the name value i'm like damn bro that's actually kind of cool. i mean like, like i
3: wasn't because i wasn't like thinking they were gonna be wrong the best, but i thought they were gonna be like competing for a top tier spot still because i thought they were gonna be fine i like their yeah. cool. career was underrated nope nope they just spread their cheeks took a fat dookie on my preds and <laughs> uh i'm uh i i have to say when johnny was talking about earlier when he watched Valiant play versus like chung stuff. Actually, they looked like they had their monitors on. Like, yeah. they seemed like they had like a real, like a far better grasp of how they wanted to play, or at least were performing individually far better than what Charge was doing. So I actually was. I think this could be a toilet bowl, though potentially. This
0: could, uh,
3: I, yeah, yeah. Our first APAC toilet bowl.
2: Um, Who's because- casting
0: this one? Do you know Jaws? Yes, I know. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> Yes. Well, I know. I, mean, I was all right. Okay. I. I mean. I know, I, but all, it's not me. All I, all I hope is that it's CP and Doa. I really, really hope that it's those two, because <laughs> I, I think it'd be. I don't know. Uh, I think it'd be so funny to have those two cast just a true toilet ball. I feel like Doa would really a, get into. Doa it. Doa would pop
1: off on a toilet I ball, think man.
0: Like Doa <laughs> would really get into it.
1: He words He I was actually going to pred the valiant here. But the maps oh. actually changed it for me, uh, because I thought like, the oh, what's the win condition for Valiant? And it's probably like Crystal popping off and playing long range hit scan and just dominating Quantum Charge. But the maps for this one it starts off with Ilios, which is like okay, fair enough. But then it's Hanamura, Eichenwalde and Gibraltar, and I'm like, mm. if you're if you're like uh, a new team like the Valiant and you're not the great when it comes to teamwork and positioning and tanks, etc. Hanamura, Iconvalder, and Gibraltar. There's so much high ground. Those are like tough maps to navigate. Um, if yep. you're yeah, but they're also good maps for Hitscan stuff, though.
3: So. Those are also yeah. good maps for Hitscan, though.
1: Um, uh, <laughs> Crystal could clap. No, I think it's I don't, very I possible. I I don't think I don't think Crystal is going to clap on those three maps. Gibraltar, yeah, maybe, but I think it plays into Guangzhou being able to outmaneuver the Valiant. So on those three maps, so that's why I went with the Guangzhou pred. Even though Valiant in a different map pool, I would have pred them. Okay. Because I do think they're better. I would have placed All them right. higher
0: in the power rankings. All right. Okay. Uh let's move on to something which shouldn't be a toilet bowl. It'll actually be a really interesting game over in the APAC region. Seoul Dynasty against NYXL. I this think this is gonna be. Tell a lot, yeah, I think, th- about where both Seoul and New
2: York actually stand. I I it's the first few weeks of any season are always like, oh, okay. Let's just kind of get through this and then we can really see what teams are first match nerves or just starting to come together as a team and then we can really get into the, like the meat and potatoes of it all. Do I think MYXL are going to fucking win? No. Um, do I think, they, are they going to take a, a few more weeks? Absolutely. Maybe after May Melee, you know, maybe after they miss their chance at May Melee, <laughs> uh, they're going to be able to succeed. Um, I think Solar are just going to step almost right back into it. Um, with Gesture and Profit. There's, I don't think there's any way New York, maybe maybe a 3-1 for, uh, for Seoul, but I don't see them really taking a map, honestly. I, Just I going know. on their previous performances. Go on, Josh.
0: Well, I was going to say, I, I mean, I predded Seoul, but I don't feel confident in it, Same. because whenever no. I feel... I mean, Soul have yet to demonstrate to me that they're going to make the correct coaching decisions throughout the season, i.e. running Marvel at the right time. That is still what I'm waiting for. I'm still waiting for that moment where they sub him in repeatedly and I'm like, ah, they have actually realized that they need to do this. And and I got, I got debated a little bit by the Nexus Cup where they were doing that. And now I feel like sure? they just did it to troll me. And they're straight back to running <laughs> gesture all the time. So until they do that and until I see continued consistency, I'm never going to feel safe predicting Seoul. But um, I, I feel more so, than, <laughs> more so than anything that Seoul are going to do, it's about New York. When you have a team that has uh, allegedly been popping off in scrims, like people are talking about them being the best team in APAC in scrims. Uh, at At some point, it's possible that they could gather at least some of that form and be able to do much better in their matches. And figuring that out is always a slow process for beginning teams with a lot of rookies. Translating that performance is a difficult task. But if they can do it at some point, they're going to be at the level where they can compete with teams like the Soul Dynasty. So I, I still feel like there's some potential for Preds getting fucking boomed here.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm worried that this is the bi-monthly Soul shitting the bed match where they're just like... unexpected. Uh, there's a word there. Uh, Inexplic- where they just, like, shit inexplicably. the bed. Unexplicably. It's very difficult, very complex word I've asked. Thank you. God bless you here. Um, I th- I think that this is one of those matches, like, prior to a stage uh, playoffs where they just, like, shit the bed and people are like, what the fuck is Soul doing? There's shit everywhere and you don't know how to pick it up <laughs> and then they eventually do going into main melee and just, like, play incredible playoff overwatch. I feel like New York, I feel like they're better than we think um, and I think they show that at least a little bit against the actual spark this is just going to be one of those matches where like soul play like the winston dive and Prophet plays a ton of farah and then like Prophet does like a barrage like when he doesn't have a matrix or a winston even close to him <laughs> he and dies. then just dies <laughs> and then like gesture is like on one side of the map doing gesture things and i feel like that's going to be one of those matches but again gotta play it safe with the preds can't get too wild in here but i am worried about Boom potential here yeah i've been down on
3: soul original soul downer and uh i'm prepping for soul here just because i feel like it just doesn't new york shouldn't win this match and knowing yeah. that knowing that soul is gonna fucking spit in my face i'm <laughs> gonna lose this match so will, will you apologize
1: see. to the fans if uh soul wins this one is this one of those you know no
3: because they're beating new york i'm not gonna apologize to soul people are like okay. Soul so second best team in apac no fuck no i'm not gonna apologize to Soul <laughs> okay. yet or... we'll see we'll see <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel like that, that would come way further down the road if they just kept it up over the course of a long period of time.
3: Yeah, then I'd apologize.
0: Mm-hmm. Then I'd cave. <laughs> I, I'm would cave. i not apologizing for anything I, I say in terms of my opinions about teams. We literally, during the preseason, are having to d- take the role of oracles and prophesies trying to see into the future and try and predict how teams are going to operate when they don't have a clue themselves. Um, that does it for our top five matches of the week, though. Now,
1: we are we ready for the We literally have segment.
0: one more match. Wait, do we? Y- yeah, we did four. Oh, shit, we did. Sorry. Fifth Dragon match. <laughs> I didn't realize because it's New York as well, but New York play against Shanghai this week too. Oh, so, right. New York, Excelsior, and the Shanghai Dragons. do There we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that was easy. Yeah. Wow. The, this
3: one I actually find, on based off previous performance, this one should actually be more of a toss-up than the Soul one. From what we've seen so far. In my opinion, I think I it's to it be more of a toss-up than the Soul one. If the only reason that there's any doubt here is because we haven't seen them play yet and also because Seoul, see, you know, they see doubt wherever they go. So
0: Shanghai should reason. rebound, though. I can't believe that we're in a world where Shanghai would be poor and remain poor. I just can't... That, that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense with anything that we saw from them throughout the whole of last year. I, I don't know. I just can't... I feel like players of that caliber can't be in a, a, an awful state for a significant period of time. They're just too good. They are at some point going to be able to get themselves out of it. I think we There's, could see um, a return to form. Yeah.
1: There's some good Sombra maps here, I feel like. Elios, Blizzard World, Dorado, Li Jiang Tower. Like, if Lip gets put on the Sombra and they play some Winston comps, it'd be good for them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Some they chances for success. With... I'm hoping yeah, that this is win. a rebound as well. All right. I've counted to five. One, two, three, four. He's done it. Five. We Finally. did it. That is Humanity our top five can now matches. breathe a
2: sigh of relief.
0: <laughs> um... So now, eventually, we will go on to our sponsor segment this week, which is what? We're ready. Okay, I thought you said we're not ready, and I was about to lose my mind, which is Draft Buff as well. So Draft Buff is sponsoring this video, and we're going through um, a, a, a draft that we made. We also have, because we know that you guys enjoyed joining the Pickham League for Plat Chat, which got fucking boomed. I still don't know how many people joined that Pick'em League, by the way, the Plat Chat one, but there was like over 2,000 people in there and now it just won't load. The whole website is just 2, broken. 2,000 people? Wow. Yeah, and it's just broken. Like you can't oh you can't my. select your options or see the leaderboard or even know how well you're doing whatsoever. So anyway, this is an opportunity for you guys to... Uh, to participate with the rest of the platchat community. There'll be a link down in the description to join the draft royale that we've got going. But we, the four of us also, just decided to make a, uh, a draft pick. Like, imagine that Nate Nanza got his way and there were no legal issues. He was just able to steamroll through all of the player unions and they impose a, a draft within the Overwatch League. And we get to be the team leaders, the GMs. Um... These were the teams that we ended up constructing. Who who are we going through first? All right. This is oh, the other thing as well is oh. we had we had two bots. Wait, <laughs> was it two or was it three? Two. Yeah, we had, it was two. Because it was yeah. four of us. Yeah. So two. So we had two bots as well that always chose the highest rated player by draft buff. Draft Buff has like analytics that go alongside it, but they also have like um a paragraph of information about the players that you're selecting. So who yep. are we looking at here? This is my team. What how how do you guys rate my team? I'm actually really well, happy. Well, let's with
3: actually it. look at your team. So you have oh. Lip, profit, void. Is, is, is that the Shanghai uh, Dragons? Yeah, it's essentially League that's League? four out of six Shanghai... <laughs> that's four out of six Shanghai Dragons players. And then yeah. you have Smurf and Profit with Gong. okay, yeah, it's Shanghai Dragons. <laughs>
0: That's I'm a pretty good a team. <laughs> yeah, Stop a that.
3: bold move from a team that has yet to win a match. A bold move, right? Well, no,
0: they- they've won a match. They're one they one, a- a- right? No, they did
3: win a match. Yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah, who did they win against? I can't even remember. Was it Guangzhou? Charge, oh, wasn't it?
3: It was. Yeah, I was charge. I believe. Let me make sure. Let me make sure. I mean, that's such an illustrious win. Yeah, it was the charge. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think I would win my matchup, right? Who, who was I? Who was I? I mean, against? I didn't get to
3: see the. I didn't get to see the the literal bots team. Was Let's the see problem. the literal take a bots the, team. So, the bird. So, first of all, Birdring—that's a safe bet if Birdring keeps playing. Honestly, mm. I like that pick. Kai, don't know. We're having a Brad Rajani moment. Don't know what's going on with Kai. <laughs> so the Hanbin, pretty good Goose bet. And Ray, Hanbin, not a good bet. This no, no, not a good bet. Moth, fine bet. Jonac, eh. honestly. This is literally Should the only okay thing you can bet. say, Josh. How, it, it literally depends on how Dragons do as a team.
0: Yeah, yeah. How I do have
3: Dragons put, do as a team for this roster. I
0: have put all of my eggs in one basket, which isn't really advisable, is it? It's, I've got a very shallow portfolio here. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the whim ah, so of the I market.
3: It's, it's just you're right. betting hard that Dragons rebounds.
0: Well, you're talking a lot of shit, Connor. So let's take a look at your team. Who's a vast. Our roster
3: pounds. Who, what is, what is a vast team? Who's, oh,
0: he's against Reinforce in week one, actually.
3: Oh, yeah, okay, this is a good way to look at it. Oh, wow. Look at this bad boy. Jinmu, Ooh. Happy, Mono, Fury, jubi Alarm. This roster literally pounces. pretty cheap. good. Oh,
1: dear God. Yeah, this is... You have a except long, for the fact that, uh, you know, Houston won't play this upcoming okay, week because no. they finished their four matches. So yeah, Juby,
0: you've, Juby,
1: you've, Juby you've been trolled by happy. that.
3: Well, that's fine because they've already earned all their points up front. So that's fine. <laughs> okay. I think that's, I think that's how it works, right? It's just a coalition, coalition of the points. Yes, right? well,
1: no, yeah, no, 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 no. A, so you selected players that already have high
0: points. Yeah. No. I don't I, think I that's how it works been though. If we, were, if we were to actually run this league right now after we've just drafted it, it would be for this week and then you can make trades with your players on the bench and stuff. Yeah. You can pick a different starting roster. So maybe you wouldn't feel this one for the upcoming week, but I think we were we were considering it more of like overall this is your dream draft team yeah, for And this is uh, my dream like the season.
3: Moving forward regardless of like the actual statistical Steven mm, shit, course, you know, yeah. is that this the fact that like this roster owns. It and does. So, okay, uh,
1: there you go. This is Did
0: an it, incredible roster. It is a good roster. I mean it depends a lot on how Juby looks as he continues throughout the season as well, but so far has been so good for Juby. He has looked good. Yeah. Um, well, it's also
3: just main support is always a tough one to find because like it's it's very, the main support stats are so dependent on team stats at the same mm, time. Yeah. So it's very much also moving forward. Like, where, where does Houston go, too?
0: I, I do like this, though. I, I feel like it would beat Reinforce's team. I haven't seen Jonathan's team, but I feel like it would probably it beat it. Is it have oh, you well, got Johnny good...
3: did steal some key players for me, though. He did steal a player for me that I'm kind of upset about, but I okay. guess it wasn't that key when I really think about it. Who, who was I mean, that?
1: I'm, predi- I'm projected to have half your points. Yeah, <laughs> All right. This is I, also I, I mean, a I very really like good
0: team. team, bro. Yeah, I like my team. Carpe,
2: Kevster, Choi, Gaga,
0: slime, and Gangnam Jin. I'm like not gonna this lie. Is... This is not at the same level as Avast's roster, though. In my opinion. Sorry, no. You're sleeping I'm not. on these Choi and Gaga. I'm I'm looking mostly Choi and Gaga,
3: Carpe are top tier. I think the rest are uh, like yes.
0: eh, maybe we'll see. I think Alarm. All right, Gangnam Jin is good, but Alarm makes a big difference in that backline.
2: Yeah, that is true.
0: And I True. yeah I mean I also slime took a long break from competition and since he's been back I haven't really felt the same way about him maybe I just need okay. more time to watch him but I mean he was he was one of if not the best main support in that 2019 season and I don't know whether I've noticed that impact from him so far this year. I, I think I'll just have to pay more attention to it, though. I, I mean, my
1: options at this phase of drafting were like Slime, Closer, Jay. Like, I mean, well, I guess I, I, I got to take on okay. Joby, but I don't know. I just wanted, you know, a, a team that does well, uh, has a good main support player that you know, can drop some sound barriers, uh, maybe come in clutch, clutch with a little bit of Brig. You know, and I feel like Slime provides that. You know, so he was my final key player. I think that this team would actually. Well, I mean, you got Kevster there as the sole English-speaking player, but I feel like this team would bang, even like in general. You know.
0: Yeah. All right. Fair enough. That's and then everything. our final little twink. What what delights do you have for us, Jaws? You mean draft bot seven? Oh
3: no, <laughs> this
1: one.
0: Interesting. Ooh. All right.
3: I actually don't. I, mean, I mean, they got, got the Kobe shock backline eh? here. I mean, come on. Shock backline with Yaki and Fearless and Leave. Honestly, I really like Jaws's roster. This roster I'm not pounds. Lie. I really like this roster. Like actually nice.
0: pounds. Fearless Gargoyle and then you have Violet in the backline and Yaki yep. at the front. Holy leave shit! Leave and Yaki
3: both. Leave and yeah. Yaki both. That's I mean, like a really too, yeah. nice DPS duo.
0: This is a like great that. roster. I yeah. I feel like the uh, yeah some of these teams that we've created would perform better than some. Rosters in I mean, like some top rosters that these guys are on in the Overwatch. I mean, look at
2: the points for leaving and Fearless already. They're almost 100.
0: Yeah, already? they're crazy.
3: Fearless yeah. and Leave are gigantic pickups.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. There's our, there's our rosters that we managed to draft for, for our internal uh, debacle. But when, when you follow the link in the description below, you'll be led to a draft royale. And just to quickly explain what the draft royale is... You pick a team for one tournament. So for this one, it would be for the main melee. And so you're trying to use... You have a certain amount of coins that you get to spend. It's not just a straight-up draft system. And so different players are weighted differently depending on their coins. So it's like um, your average player should be around uh, 60... coins worth somebody like decay is sat up at like 83 and i saw monk is extremely underrated he's at 20 coins right now that's this, a free pickup despite Actual being free pickup. despite being run in the main roster for the chung hunters repeatedly so that definitely if you're into like the the scoreboard steven kind of stuff you can um you can really try and min-max your roster for the highest potential. But you're also trying to get people that are um, going to go as deep in the tournament as possible. Because if they get knocked out, you can't make any changes like you would in normal fantasy. So if you're interested in fantasy and you want to uh, look at that kind of stuff, Draft Buff is currently the, the best option, at least as far as I've seen, available for people who are interested in Overwatch fantasy. And they also have other games out there as well if, you're, if you follow other, Overwatch, uh, other esports outside of Overwatch. Um, don't know why you would, though. Because uh all praise lord and savior blizzard um yeah that does it for the uh, draft post side of the things you can as i said you can follow the link in the description and now it's time for the most important segment of the entire show uh which i've done again no prep for but i think uh-oh. i have i think i have a, a candidate here because it's mm-hmm. bren's player of the week presented of course by t-mobile and I I I feel like I should be throwing to some gif of Bren like this like
3: uh, yeah <laughs> that's oh, yes, your, the way your course. hair peeks out of it <laughs> yeah. like a, like a little Brussels sprout uh, just atop your head is yeah. not uh, just something something about also
0: that. I don't know whether you can see but the the belly is starting to appear at the bottom here as mm. well this oh, shirt yeah. was not designed for this even
3: better that's like a two for one special for me it looks weak.
0: like. It looks like hair on a newborn baby. Yeah, it a is. Bit. It yeah, is bit. It is as delicate and fluffy as a newborn child's and as likely to fall out if they just rub oh. their head on a pillow. <laughs> um, my player of the week this week, though, I'm going to give it to Fearless. I feel like oh. he... Yeah. I, did I mention this earlier on in the, in the show? That I felt like he was the, ma- the best main tank so yeah, far? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I... I'm holding to that. I think that he's been the best main tank so far. I think that he's come in and revitalized this, like not revitalized so much as been the tip of the spear, powering the Dallas fuel towards successful uh, results, despite the fact that they lost XE and people were not having high expectations of them coming into this year compared to, you know, the, the amount of money that they spend, for example, on making this roster work. Um, He's just been a fucking beast. And then the record that he set on Gibraltar and the way that he was playing was just phenomenal. And yeah. it's not just his Winston, it's his Reinhardt as well. He's so damn good. As long as he can keep up on the ball and the Arisa this season, he's got a good shot of being the best main tank at the end, despite the fact that he isn't... He's almost certainly not going to be on the best team, but he could be the best main tank of the year.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, he got sixteen primal rage kills on that Gibraltar, and actually, Mag on Iconval. There, straight after, got fifteen primal rage kills as Winston. Yeah, the map after. Yeah. So that would have been the record because I think the record was a like pretty low. It was like nine or something. I don't know, maybe twelve. But then, yeah, sixteen on Gibraltar, and <sighs> then Mag That's got fifteen. Ridiculous. It it was an insane, yeah, just an insane match. Uh, but yeah, fearless, absolutely. Like he if he continues playing like this, like you said, he could be the best main tank at the end of the year, but even the conversation you had earlier, it's like, best main tank to have played in OWL, like, period. You know, like, he he is the candidate that I feel like could grab that title if he continues to perform like this. And you probably have to win something, right? But...
0: Yeah, but they still are going to have chances. They'll have chances to win a title at some point throughout the year. I don't think they're going to be... favored unless they get one of those metas where sparkle can pop but they're they're not looking like they're completely out of the running to make some kind of run in a tournament by the way as well fearless is the fucking anime protagonist of the entire league he just is like to to go from the 0 and 40 shanghai dragons he starts on element mystic looking like he has great prospects b- brought in to rejuvenate that roster after they were just sucking and he just gets pounded for his first year and then he comes back and he's just dominant on the Shanghai Dragons. And then it goes on and is again, exceeding expectations despite the fact that we had high expectations for him in 2021. The guy's a freak. The, the, all of the storylines of the league revolve around him. It's magical to watch him play. He's a legend.
1: I love it. Great. I feel like um, another candidate could have been Carpe. We got a 10,000 000- Eliminations uh, in the league. Kills, yeah. Second yeah, to true. do so. Yeah, but, there, um, there's
0: another potential anime protagonist of the league, right? Somebody that's been at the forefront of the game's storytelling since 2018, or even earlier when he was highly rated on teams like Phase before he even joined the Overwatch League. But he had like an MVP potential nominee on in 2018, and he's uh, yeah, somebody that's just been around forever. He's just kind of stuck around. <laughs> Nobody yeah. can replace him.
1: I mean, I said this uh, leading up to it, leading up to the season. And I'll continue to say it. The best storyline in Overwatch League is Carpe fighting for his first team title. He won the World Cup at South Korea. Doesn't count. He needs his first
0: title with Philadelphia Fusion.
1: Sure. that's the best sure. storyline now.
0: And you mean just like a May melee would would be enough? He doesn't need to win the championship, right? He just needs to win. I mean, a that title. would be
1: the ultimate coom opportunity. But I think <laughs> a stage alone at this point. Probably does it. You know, the way we talk about, you know, Paris Eternal last year when they won the summer showdown, it's like you gained some amount of cred. You know, people respect that. You respect a stage win from a team because of how difficult it actually is. So if Carpe at least won one, then I feel
0: like he'd have that. Now he has nothing. He has World Cup. That's about it. Do you think he wins the main melee? Early early, Unreal. I don't think he does. I don't think they do though.
3: I mean, seeing how Fusion are playing right now, it seems hard not to predict them. You know, it seems hard to. You would personally, I think Carpe has to win the Overwatch League for the storyline to complete, though, because like this guy is baked into the firmament of like Overwatch, you know, and like has been the candidate for be like the one, even if he's not always been the greatest. Like he's always been at like the top, always. Like there's no one else that's ever like said that Carpe was not one of the top DPS players in league, other than like during Goats. But, like, who cares? Yeah. And so, and then now he's been, he's now on his second year of being on, like, the best iteration yet of an incredibly good fusion team, you know, potentially, right? Yeah. At some point, he just needs to win. He just needs to win for it to be, like, truly complete. Especially because he's been so, it's obviously baked into Overwatch. He's just baked into fusion. I don't think any player is more inexorably linked to a roster outside of, like, Maybe like Gooshway now with the Spark, like moving forward, like and then like you know, because the thing is is that like he's been with Fusion now for what three years? Yeah. And you know, Gooshway, I think, is potentially gonna be I mean, you could imagine he's gonna be a franchise player for Spark. I mean, I guess maybe also you can count like Smurf or Super for Shock or, or, yeah, or Super something. or Yeah, Super for that. Shock
0: like, is one that's extreme. Yeah, I guess that's a, I guess that's yeah. another
3: one too. Um but
0: or Jake for the Outlaws you know, now that he's returned.
3: Time. Jake for Outlaws, but that's for yeah, Jake Rout was, but yeah, sure. He's yeah. undefeated in maps, in support. He's better than Moth. True,
0: true. So, what can you yeah. say? Better than Moth. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Um, that, those storylines are all going to be fantastic heading into yeah. the main melee. It's just going to be magical to watch those kind of top teams clash over and over again. And uh, unfortunate for the teams that have ended up missing out as well. But only good Overwatch from... Well, once we actually get to the, uh, to the knockouts. All right, sick. We made it. We've, we've been sat here for four hours. Possibly longer. More, yeah. Possibly longer. Yeah, five Uh, hours. hours. Yeah, longer than that. It's been yeah, and that's
3: mostly due to Josh's poor planning. So yeah, almost entirely,
0: almost one hundred percent of it due to my poor planning. So there you go. Just love fucking him on the regular. But uh, that came out very weird. A lot of fucking going (laughs) on with Josh. (laughs) Fucking the dog,
3: Fucking on the regular. (laughs) Like, Like it's a busy day for Josh here.
0: Yeah, just another day. 7 a.m. Oh, would you look at the time. It's time to go. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, some other shit. We'll have have more stuff coming at you uh, throughout the season. We're going to be launching some other side content at some point, too. Some interview series and that kind of good stuff. And in the meantime, we will see you next week. Goodbye.